Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. All righty, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Thursday morning to each and every one of you. We're late, we're late getting started today. We were having some, uh, I guess, issues with the camera. Is that right, Reed Mouse? Yeah, Casey, Casey's the technical support. I did nothing but help and support him and help him get through Work through the problems. But, hey, we're up and running. So let's rock and roll, Tom. You sound like a mental health counselor. I, that's what I, oftentimes I'm considered in the office as just helping everyone's mental health. Casey, you all right over there? I mean, you, you, you <laughs> normally stay very calm, that old adage about calm, cool, and collected. Are you okay over there? Yeah. Yeah. It just came across something that I wasn't quite familiar with. Um, did all the normal things that weren't working and – Ended up just being a simple restarting of the computer. So that's why it took so long. You know what, Casey? I admire you are one of those people, and there are a lot of them. My wife is one of these people. That you just figure stuff out. Doesn't, doesn't freak out about it. No, just gets I, I it mean, done. there is a lot to be said for having that trait. I sincerely mean that. I admire that very much. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. We thank Great you. Great under pressure. Not getting it, getting it done here today. We welcome you, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way 10A to 12P, Monday through Friday. That's Eastern Time. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports page if you'd rather join us in podcast form. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those every day, I understand. Just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. If it's not someone different every night for the Red Legs, it's something different every night for the red legs but one thing remains the same not the song remains the same from led zeppelin it's that the reds keep winning seemingly every night july 5th now that's a day we normally recover from fireworks and guys like elliot who are shooting them off at 11:30 30 <laughs> at night but last night they kept on coming in dc bat gate sleeve gate whatever you want to call it there was another investigation in D.C. last night, and it wasn't Hunter Biden. <laughs> it was Reds rookie Ellie De La Cruz. If you didn't see it, he comes to bat with this sleeve on his bat, okay, near the knob, right? And they use it during batting practice to measure some different things. They take that part of it out, but he is just comfortable with the sleeve near the knob of the bat. So Nationals manager Davey Martinez asks the umpires, to check it out okay now this had already been taken care of with major league baseball david bell you know a lot of foresight here he reached out to the powers that be in new york long before de la cruz was even brought up from AAA. but no one in new york could tell the umpiring crew that that sleeve had already been approved by major league baseball they make him take it off he strikes out well, as the game goes on, the umpire's here from New York. Sleeve is okay. So they let him put it back on. And what does he do? He clubs a 455-foot home run. And then taps on his bat and looks at the Nationals' dugout after he does it. He adds two doubles after that. As Cincinnati rolls 9-2 to over Washington, their third straight win in the series, their fourth straight win overall. And then there's Graham Ashcraft. This guy looked like the best pitcher in Major League Baseball in April. He looked like the worst pitcher in Major League Baseball in May and June. 
And now he's rallied with back-to-back outstanding starts. Last night, six innings, seven hits allowed, only gave up one run. His fourth win of the year. Final game of the series is at 1 o'clock today. Brandon Williamson opposes Mackenzie Gore. The Reds now lead the National League Central Division by two games after the Brewers lost to your Cubbies. Dang right they did, Tom. No one's better in the NL Central at coming back than the Cubs. (laughs) Then then there must be a problem when they get ahead. Well, no one's better at blowing a lead than the (laughs) Chicago Cubs. (laughs) Speaking of Milwaukee, the Reds are headed there for a three-game series tomorrow night. Now, this is the first of of six games in a row against the Brewers because they're going to play them the final three before the All-Star break in Milwaukee starting tomorrow night. And then the first three games after the break at Great American Ballpark. Andrew Abbott, how about the matchup tomorrow night? Faces two-time All-Star and Cy Young Award winner from two years ago, Corbin Burns, in the series opener. Paul Doherty, been a while. He's been out of the country. He'll join us in about 10 minutes to talk about the Red Legs. Should they wheel and deal? He's been writing on Substacks. They should make the deals to get pitcher to try and win it right now. Elsewhere in baseball, Mike Trout underwent surgery for a broken wrist. He's expected to miss at least eight weeks and the angels are really in the hunt they're only four back in the wild card i don't understand it yet we're going to get more details about it but the final four of the nba's new in-season tournament will take place december 7th and december 9th in las vegas full details on that competition including the groupings will be unveiled by commissioner adam silver on saturday night i really don't understand that whole thing it's like soccer It's a tournament inside of a season. The stats count, except for the championship game. But like I said, we'll learn more about it when we get to that point. So this is right up your alley, Casey. I mean, two or three different tournaments going on at the same time during the year. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Love it. And and, and the uh, NFC doesn't play again in that Lamar Hunt Open Cup again until, what, August? Is that right? right. Yeah, I think that's right. Against uh, Messi, right? Yep. That's their Enter next Miami. game. That'll Line, be big league. Lionel Messi. I think it's 23rd, August 23rd. Something close to that. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. All right, boys, uh, before we get to Doc, let's, uh, let's talk about a couple things last night. First of all, uh, Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, this guy, he hadn't even played 30 games yet. He's hit for the cycle, right? He... Uh, is hitting these monster home runs. He's had a couple of four-hit games. Uh, He is as advertised. Now, we talked with Nick Kirby yesterday about his struggles against left-handed pitching. We'll see how that plays out. But let's be honest about it. This guy, I mean, the Reds haven't seen a guy like this since Eric Davis. I want to know your guy's impression or thoughts on what Ellie De La Cruz did last night can we pull up that video of just the isolation of what he did uh, after he hit the home run last night when he yeah. tapped on the end of the bat and then looked into the Nationals' dugout? Yeah, I think I got it here. Okay, let's take a look. One second. Pulling it up. 
All right, we're not going to see it, I don't think, on that one that you're getting ready to pull up. There is an ISO that I think the Reds posted that had his celebration. We'll get to it. Okay, anyway. Uh, Elliot, we begin with you since you were the man last night on Chatterbox Reds. First of all, how was that debut last night? It was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. Nick showed me the ropes. Uh, Nick was, was a very good host last night. Was, and he was very nice to let me on. But it was fun. It was awesome. The, the Reds won, the Reds winning makes it easier. Yeah. Obviously. I, I, but I think, talking about this Ellie thing, I think, but I, I think Ellie did the right thing. Davey Martinez is calling out our guy for a knob, and his team can't compete. I think, I, I think Ellie had, had every right to do what he did, and you'll see it right here. All right, let's see it. There you go. If you're gonna call out, if you're gonna call out a player, he has every right to call you out after he smashes your theory, and he just did. I don't care how. I mean, it, it might come off as a little bit of a showboat. I don't care. Ellie's the coolest guy in the city. He's the coolest guy in baseball right now. You're in right the about that. City? Yeah, in the city. Ellie De La Cruz? Yeah. Is he cooler than Joe Cool? Well, Joe, I mean, Joe come Cruz on. In the That's a big statement, Elliot. Oh, come on. Right now. Right now at this second. Yeah. Okay, I, I go Ellie, but teach their own. I when guess. Ellie gets invited to the white white party at the, at the Hamptons. That's right. That's when he's cooler than Joe Burrow. That's when you know. Ellie Ellie be looking good at that at that party. Ellie uh, Ellie's not even got, the coolest. He's got the Ellie. long hair. He got you know he's got it all going on. You right. get him in a white outfit, and you know he'd be all decked out. Right. Absolutely. What are you getting ready to say? I said Ellie De La Cruz isn't even the, the coolest Ellie. In town, Elliot takes that takes that championship. Oh, very, very nice. All right, Jacob, your thoughts on what we what we just saw? I I like it. Um, I, I'm all for players, you know, bat flipping and showboating and you know talking whenever they get the chance. Cam Newton in his 2015 MVP season said it best when he was dabbing on everybody. If you don't like me to celebrate, don't let me score. Yeah, you're if good you don't point. want Ellie pointing at his bat knob, don't let him hit a nuke on the entire <laughs> capital of D.C. Right. That thing almost left the stadium. Yeah, there's like, no doubt. You can't, you can't be doing that. <laughs> you don't walk these pitchers out and then complain when our batters kill the baseball? Come on. Now, David Bell did not have a problem with it. He understood it. I mean, he handled that very, very well. He said, hey, look. He said, you know, uh, Davey Martinez didn't know about this thing, and, and he was just inquiring to the umpires. You know, that, that's where I just have a hard time understanding uh, the way – some things work. Okay, if, if you're the head of umpires for Major League Baseball, okay, and I don't know who has that job now, um, but Ted Barrett works with the umpires in Major League Baseball. He was on this show a couple of weeks ago. Doesn't it make sense that before the Cincinnati Reds are going to play in a series, okay, and the umpires all gather together and, and, and they check in with New York to make sure, you know, because they're, they're seeing teams all over baseball. So there might be, for example, remember a few years ago, there was a lot of bad blood between the Reds and the Pirates. They broke the right. all-time record right. in a single-season record of most batters hit right. right in a season series. I mean, there were guys getting drilled left and right, right? Clint Hurdle. Um, and, 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 well, look, the Reds were a part of that thing, too. I mean, Chapman's buzzing. Andrew McCutcheon up around his chin every time the guy came to the plate. So, I mean, both sides had it going on. Point I'm making is this, is that 
The umpires are made aware of situations like that before a series begins. And what they'll normally do is the first game of the series, when the managers come out, right, they'll say, hey, fellas, look, I know there's been some stuff going on here in the past. We're shutting this stuff down now. Mm -hmm. First sign of it, okay? Don't you think someone at Major League Baseball has enough time, right, to get on the horn with a crew chief? Every series the Reds play and just say, hey, by the way, a month and a half ago before this guy was even brought to the big leagues, we've already given the okay on this thing on his back, right? Yeah, they probably should have done that already, but, I mean, it's after it's happened now, it's never going to happen again. That one at-bat is the one at-bat he'll have to go without having that sleeve, without having the knot, whatever the case was. That'll never happen again. So, I mean, it just slipped through the cracks, and it's just one at-bat, so it'll be good now. Okay, I, but, but, but look, that's somebody's job. Just do the job. Uh, Casey, what did you think about Ellie De La Cruz doing that? Um, I had no problems with it. I loved it. I love guys that have a, a sense of passion when they're called out. So I was all for it. Okay. Reed? Tom, I didn't watch the, I didn't watch the game a whole lot. Okay, last but night, I mean, so. you've seen the replay. You, you know right. what the deal is. You don't have to watch the game and know this. I, I'm I'm always pro adding a bit of flair, adding a bit of excitement, a little trash talking. They're competitors. So what do you do when you compete when you're at the height of your competition? You mouth off sometimes. Absolutely. That's just part of the game. No doubt. And everyone can disagree with it. That's fine, but it makes the game better. Object objectively, it makes the game better. I, I agree. I mean, look, anybody that goes to a high school sporting, I mean, my, my, my son used to come home from these lacrosse games, and he would tell me about the smack talking that was going on on the field during the game. I mean, it's unbelievable. Was, is Bernie a... Is Bernie oh, a, yeah. I bet you can, <laughs> oh, you can talk some smack. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when you're the goalie, you better not let him score. True, Right. True. No, but I'm saying the, the point I'm making is here, not talking about him necessarily, but I'm just saying there is, that's going on high school basketball, High school football, high school baseball, college foot. I mean, uh, college football. Absolutely. Right. I mean, you yeah. look, you're you're with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Guy makes a catch, and the cornerback's on him, and he makes a great. I mean, come on, right? Yeah, it's every play. It's every play, and it's great. I love it. it. You know, it just adds an extra flair to the game. Yeah, as long as it just doesn't go like anything else. There's just you know, there's boundaries there, right? You don't start right. talking about somebody's sister or right. their mom. Right. You know, that that that's a whole different deal. But, but, but this is – anybody who gets worked up about what De La Cruz did last night, I don't understand it. I do understand, I must say, and uh, let me check this uh, in, in the chat because somebody made the point. And, and look, I'm an old guy too. Um, uh, let me see this. Where was it? Oh, uh, Rick Pennington says old guy. He's talking about himself. He said, this is what you get when you just let them have fun. That was a big logo. Remember the big thing for Major League Baseball? Mm -hmm. Let's let them have some fun. Right. right? And some of these old uh, unwritten rules. Uh, and they cross the line of being disrespectful, a lost art of professional sports. I do agree with him on that. I think there is a lot. A lot of some of the stuff that goes on is very disrespectful. Uh, I did not think that, that Ellie De La Cruz last night was being disrespectful. I mean, some might interpret no. that no, that way. No, 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 he wasn't being disrespectful. I mean, no, he's, he wasn't being disrespectful. No, no, Tom. 
Okay. The other part, and we're going to talk a lot about the Reds, obviously. I mean, they're in first place. They got a two-game lead. Uh, they got one more game, as I mentioned today, at 1 o'clock in this series. Uh, and then it is on to Milwaukee. This is without a doubt. Um, you can talk about the COVID year. Um, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, after getting at, shut out the two games in Atlanta, the Reds were a 500 team that year. And they had some great stars on that team, especially the starting rotation where they had Bauer, who won the Cy Young. They had Sonny Gray, who was just an excellent pitcher. They had Luis Castillo, big star. Uh, but, but, but there wasn't the vibe with that team. Uh, you know, they, they were a 500 team, and you played 60 games or whatever it was. Um, they're nowhere close to the vibe uh, of this team. And so, you know, some are going to say, Tom, you're dead wrong about this, uh, but I'm going to take out the COVID year because I, I didn't think the Reds were that good, and they proved it in the playoffs, and there was no juice. There was no flair. There was no pizzazz. There was no whatever right, about that team, uh, except for really when Bauer pitched. Um, this is the biggest series, and we're only in July, so we're going to say this a few more times moving forward. But I would make the argument this is the biggest series starting tomorrow that the Reds have played in uh, since 2012, maybe 2013 when they wilted. Agree or disagree? I agree. I agree. I think this, this six-game stretch is the most important we've seen in a very long time in Cincinnati. I think we're two games up right now in yep, the Brewers. Two games up. So win, I'd like to win two games. Let's win the series, uh, and then let's go from there. But I, I think right now the Reds are in a position to win the NL Central. They've played the best baseball in the National League outside of Atlanta. I, I think this series is huge. It's, it's, a, it's a huge part of, of where we go. It's a huge part of – can, should we make deals at the deadline? Because, you know, if you go 0 for 6 against the Brewers here, what, what do we really have at that point? Can you still win the division? Should you still go all in at the deadline? Do you go all in anyway? This is a huge test. If you sweep the Brewers, if you win 4 of four or 6 against Milwaukee, it's go time. It's go time from that point on. It's, the division is yours. So we'll see. But this is massive. And I am glad to be there tomorrow for uh, Abbott versus Burns. I'm You're very going to Milwaukee? That's right. I will be, you are. I am. I will be there for that game. I'm very, very excited for it. Uh, I, I, I think Abbott dominates. I, Burns has not pitched well as well this year, so I like the Reds' chances. You going down the slide? I will not, <laughs> I will not be going down the slide. The slide's stupid. That's a gimmick. Oh, come on. Oh, it's Slice stupid. Burns. Oh, Tom, are you Kelly? And I can't believe a guy like you. Tom, West side guy. Tom, you wouldn't slide down that slide. I asked to slide down it multiple times. It's part of a pregame show every time we'd go to Milwaukee. I tried to do that, <laughs> but they have, you know, legal issues with people going and doing it because if all of a sudden you go flying off that thing, you're dead, and then all of a sudden they're sued for a billion dollars, right? Yeah. So they wouldn't let you do it. I tried and tried and tried. And I know a lot of people inside, including the owner, uh, Antanasio, who I really like a lot. Great dude. Really great dude. Um, but um, come on. <laughs> so, Tom, Tom, you don't think Bernie Brewer is the coolest mascot no, this I side of the Philly fanatic? No, I do not. I'm a gapper guy. Ride oh, or die. I can't gapper. believe it. Tom, 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 did they never, you never got to slide down that slide? Never got to do it. No, and I, I believe me, when I say I tried for years, I legitimately tried for years to do that as part of a pregame show. Jim Day and I ended up, they have another thing inside of um, 
what used to be Miller Park. I don't know what they call it now. Uh, but uh, they have all kinds of different things along the concourse that yeah. you can go do. So there was a, a not a go-kart race, but it was something like that. Jim Day and I went uh, and, and did like a 10-minute segment in the pregame show of all the different things you could go do. You know, competitive kind of stuff. Right. Fun stuff in and around, inside the ballpark. Uh, but they would never let us uh, go down the slide. Wow. I can't believe you're not going to do this for a zebra zillionaire. Zebra zillionaire. I yeah. listen. I if if they let me, if they permit me to go on this slide, I will go down on this slide. I am so upset that Tom never got to go down the slide. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me I'm too. upset about that. I am too. Because I mean, I I mean that was one of the few you know uh, visiting teams, right. opposing teams, uh, where I had a little pull. I thought. And it just goes to show you I was fooling myself. <laughs> um, okay, no Paul Doherty yet? Uh, he's dialing in. As okay, we dialing speak. in as we speak. I want to get his thoughts on this because he has been um, – he, he's been like me on this deal. And, and I think this is one of the very rare times where Doc and I are going to agree on something about the Reds wheeling and dealing uh, because, look, he's been around his town – for 30-plus years. He has seen a lot of bad football. He's seen a lot of bad baseball. And uh, this year he's seeing good football, we think, and, uh, and obviously good baseball. The other thing, I talk about the athletic a lot. I have to tell you, and I'm going to ask Doc about this. I don't know if he gets the athletic or subscribes to it. I do. I pay for it. No freebies. No payola. Um. This Corey Dillon interview yesterday that he did with Paul Daner Jr. is one of the most unbelievable interviews I have ever read about because it was in written form. Corey Dillon says, listen, I don't want you to do, you know, any sort of, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is. I'm drawing a blank. Doc's a hell of a lot smarter than I am on this stuff. Doc, uh, good morning. It's nice to have you back in the good old U.S. of A. How was your trip? It was fantastic, man. We went to Italy. Two weeks, I recommend it highly. Where did you go in Italy? We went uh, a week on the, the uh, Italian Riviera. Boy, that's right? a guy like you belongs on the Italian yeah, Riviera. Right. When yeah. I think of the Italian Riviera, I think, think of, of Paul Doherty. Yeah, it sounds big time. It's, it's, it's actually just a, a nice beach area. We went there for a week. And then we went to uh, Tuscany and, and drank a bunch of wine for the other week. And two completely different places, man. One was very, very uh, busy, hectic, loud, beautiful, the beach. And the other was just out in the middle of Italian countryside nowhere. And it was, I mean. Just I, you and I, your I, bride or what? I mean, how many people went along on this deal? Uh, yeah, Carrie, myself, and, and, and uh, our son Kelly went. Wow. Fantastic. Well, welcome back. We're glad you're safe. Glad you had a great time. Memories that'll last a lifetime, no doubt, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, listen, before we get to the Reds, uh, do you read The Athletic? Sure. Okay. Did you read the article today written by Paul Daner Jr. with Corey Dillon? No. Okay. I Didn't listen, get to that yet. I, 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 you you got to read it. And then we'll have you back, and I'm going to ask you your thoughts on it. But here, here, basically, in a nutshell, I mean littered with F-bombs. And in a day and age where every single athlete virtually you talk to 
you know, won't say anything. No waves, no ripples for crying out loud, right? This guy is asked about the Bengals Ring of Honor and the Hall of Fame. And Daner Jr. lays out all of these statistics over Corey Dillon's career. And when you read those statistics and you read the 10 guys in the history of football that meet his yards per carry, his total yards rushing, and his yards rushing per game, he is one of 10 guys that meets this certain threshold, and the other eight in the Hall of Fame are in the Hall of Fame, and he's not even getting a sniff. The same thing for the Bengals' ring of honor. And he goes on to talk about season ticket holders uh, should not be voting on this, that a lot of those people never saw him or Bob Trumpy or a bunch of other guys even play. Um, Corey Dillon, for you, you covered this guy his entire career. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Corey Dillon? A lot of people feel like some of his off-the-field stuff is what has kept him from being honored, whether it be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame or maybe even this Bengals Ring of Honor? Um, he was the best Bengals running back I've ever seen. I used to write that, that he ran angry. He ran mean. Uh, I, I've never seen another guy run angrier than Corey Dillon. He seemed to be mad at the world most of the time. Um, that said... Uh, his career here was was beyond legit, and it's it's just his fate that he played here on usually bad football teams. And, and the Bengals, as we know, historically have not done a lot to to, to boost the, the Hall of Fame prospects of their guys. Um, does uh, I, I don't know if he belongs in the Hall of Fame or not. Frankly, I haven't read the story. I've never really done a deep dive on Corey Dillon's numbers in relation to everybody else's. Uh, I, I will only say that he was the best running, best Bengals running back I've ever seen. And it, it, he was it, he was highly cantankerous, put it that way. Yes. Uh, wasn't yes. the easiest guy to deal with. It's funny, when he came back, it was a couple of years ago, and we, we had him on the show, the Beyond the Stripes show that the Inquirer used to do uh, down at Moorline, among other places. And he was our guest. Could not have been nicer. Yeah. Sweetest guy ever. Um, so I made so people just, you know, they, they mature at, at different levels, at different times, at different rates, right? Corey um, was not the most mature guy a, a, as a player in Cincinnati, um, but that didn't detract. In fact, it may have helped him become the running back that he was. And once he got to New England, he got himself a Super Bowl ring, and nobody can take that away from him. Um, I got nothing but great things to say about Corey Dillon, the football player. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to tell you, this article is, I, I don't know if I, like I said, I don't know if I've read anything quite like this in a long, long time. He made Paul Daner Jr. Uh, basically verbatim just print in this story every single thing that he said, everything. And uh, it was, whoa, I mean, and, and he basically concluded it by saying, and Cincinnati isn't the only place I'm about to go off on because if somebody from New England asked me about it, I'm going to say the same thing. So that was that. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm curious. If you had, and I don't know how much attention you've paid to this, Doc, 
Uh, the season ticket holders are the ones, or the suite holders too, uh, are voting on the Bengals Ring of Honor. We had Bob Trumpy on the show last week. You used to do sports talk on WLW for a number of years. Trump was a guy who basically, uh, you know, was the, was the granddaddy of them all. Uh, of that show going back to the late 70s and the 80s and the 90s, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you had to put, if you had a vote um, to put in uh, two or three of those guys who are up, and it's probably unfair of me to ask you because you may not have it in front of you, you may not even be paying attention to it. Um, who, who are the next two or three guys for you? You've been here 30 plus years that should be in that Bengals ring of honor. I don't know. Like you said, I'm not paying attention to it because I don't okay. vote on it, but give me Give me some names and I'll tell you. Okay. Well, you got Corey Dillon. You got Chad yes. Johnson, Chad Ocho Cinco. Yes. Uh, you go back yeah. to uh, Boomer Esiason. You've got Max Montoya. You've got Dave Lapham. You have, um, help me here, fellas. You got uh, Bob Trumpy. I said him, Bob Trumpy. Um, who, who else? I mean, there's, there, there are others. Am I forget? Dave. I said Dave Lapham. Uh, Willie, got in last year. Willie got in last year. Right. Boomer, Chris yeah. Collinsworth, Boomer Esiason, Jim Breach, Tim Crumry. I know you were a big Crumry fan. Who? Max Montoya. Yeah, Max Montoya, right. David Fulcher, Leapin' Lamar Parrish. So, basically, th th those are your guys. If you had to pick, and um, I know I'm throwing you on the spot here, and you weren't here for the Leapin' Lamar Parrishes of the world. James Brooks, was, was he not. on that list, I hope? Yeah, James, but what an unbelievable player he was. He was the best rank Bengals running back I ever saw. But uh, anyway, Doc, uh, any of those jump off and, and you say to yourself that they, they, they got to be in? Well, I, 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 I wrote this uh, a month or two ago. I, I, I think Dave Lapham is, is number one front and center. A lot of people don't agree with that. Uh, Dave is a good player, not a great player. Uh, but in, in terms of what he represents to that franchise – and, and who he is and what, what he continues to do. Uh, I, I don't think there's any question that Dave Lapham belongs in, in, in any Bengals Hall of Fame. I mean, it's like, it's like your dad, Tom, like your dad not being in the Reds Hall of Fame. Why would he not be in the Reds Hall of Fame? Yeah. Um, why would Dave Lapham not be in the Bengals Hall of Fame? He is as representative of the Bengals franchise as Marty was of the Reds franchise. So I'd go with him. Uh, like I said, Corey Dillon, best running back I ever saw here, and I've seen a few, so he goes in. Uh, I don't think there's any question that, that Chad goes in. Um, after that, you, you know, it, I guess it depends on, at least for me personally, I've, I applied the same sort of logic to the Baseball Hall of Fame, which I still vote on. Uh, how do you define Hall of Famer? And, and does the, the, the more people you allow in, does it cheapen? being in the Hall of Fame. And I think you have to look at it from that perspective. And, and you might have a tighter uh, a tighter set of qualifications, shall we say. But the guys yeah. that I mentioned, I think are hands down. Corey, Chad, and, and Lap all belong in there. Yeah, the, the one guy I had is a lock to be in there because, look, you can sit here and debate. You said Corey Dillon. I said James Brooks. But I had moved away by the time Dillon really got going and wasn't watching him every week. And numbers-wise, he by far has the best numbers. Uh, the same for Chad Ochocinco, uh, as far as wide receiver is concerned. Um, but, you know, you can sit there and debate who the greatest wide receiver is in the history of the Bengals. You can debate who the best running back is. There is zero debate on who the best tight end is. And you go back, and we had Trumpy on last week, and I was doing some research and looking at some of the numbers, and I'm like, are you kidding me? 
I mean, this guy was just, without a doubt, the best tight end the Bengals ever had and really revolutionized the game of football playing for Paul Brown. First tight end ever in the history of football, ever, that did not line up next to the tackle. Hmm. He would be split into the slot because uh, he was such a great athlete. Anyway, okay, I want to get to the Reds. Um, yeah. You know, Doc, you, 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 know, you and I talked about this when the season began. Uh, nobody saw this coming. Uh, what no. are your thoughts of, of this team and watching what has transpired really over the last month? Uh, McLean comes up, De La Cruz comes up, Abbott comes up, and off they go. It's a- absolutely stunning. I mean, I've been here since 1988. I've certainly never seen anything like it here. And I'm sure there are other places that, that have brought kids up like this and elevated the team um, far beyond anybody's imagination. But I don't know other places. I know this place. Um, it is it is beyond belief. I mean, I wrote about this the other day, Tom. We all think we're so smart about this stuff. I probably wrote half a dozen times last winter wondering where the Reds were going to get their offense. Yep. I said, this team is going to lose a lot of three to two games. Yeah. That, that made a lot of sense, didn't it? Um, the pitching would be, you know, Lodolo, Green, uh, Ashcraft would be the key to the season. Their their progress would define whether this season would be a, a success or a failure. Well, when the, now that the Reds have blasted off, really without con- much contribution from any of those guys, um, put that on the list of things we had no idea what we were talking about, or at least I didn't. I, I I'm amazed by a few things one one is that the the attitude that that they have fostered since spring training and maintained through the ups and the downs and and continue to play in a way that makes their opponents sometimes embarrassingly flat-footed you know what i mean i'm watching them play the the nationals yesterday and throughout the weekend and and uh the Nationals just don't look like they want to be there in comparison with the Reds, you know. And it's yep, not. Just, I agree. It's not just. It's not just taking the extra base or being really fast and stealing lots of bases because that's athleticism, and, and anybody can do that. I won't say anybody, but anybody with the kind of speed can steal a lot of bases. But they they just play with this sort of abandon that that catches other teams off guard. I don't know why more teams haven't done it, frankly. Uh, maybe they don't have the collective athleticism that this team does, but you can you you can try it. You know, the old Scott Rowland needs you on third, Brucey, attitude. That, that, that doesn't require athleticism. That's a mindset. And I'm also thinking, and maybe somebody's written about this and I've missed it, this stuff didn't just show up when these guys got to Cincinnati, right? Um I, I saw them try two bunts in two innings last week. I, I don't think they tried two bunts all year last year. Um, the the, the funda- emphasis on fundamentals, they seem not to make mistakes in the field. They don't often throw to the wrong base, you know. They, they do things right almost all the time, and that just didn't appear here. I'd really be interested in reading um, what's going on at the minor league level because you and I both – recall that some of the biggest complaints about this organization in the last 20 years is there was no consistency as to how they did things in the minor leagues the so-called reds way what was the reds way 
Brian Price used to bitch that, you know, we got all these starting pitchers who come up here and can't throw a changeup. You know, why weren't they taught to throw a changeup when they were in the minor leagues? Right, uh, right. And, and they, seem, they seem to have found this consistency in, in what they're teaching and, and what their philosophy is so that guys like McLean and De La Cruz and, and probably Encarnacion, uh, Encarnacion Strand when he comes up here, uh, they all play this way. They play with a consistently sound fundamental approach they don't give away at bats. I saw the Nationals swing at some terrible pitches yesterday off Ashcraft. They don't seem to do that a lot. Uh, they move runners over. They get them on, get them over, get them in. Uh, this is learned behavior, Tom. These guys don't show up in, in, in uh, Daytona Beach or wherever having this already. So I'd really like to know what's going on uh, in a, at the minor league level with this team. Well, you know, this is where, and, and I have told this story many, many times uh, on this show and, 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 and away from this show, where when Nick Crawl got the job, and you know this, Doc, and it doesn't always mean the old-timers are, are, you know, ha- are the be-all, end-all. But I remember being at the ballpark when Nick Crawl got the job and how a number of scouts that had been around baseball a long time, legendary scouts from different franchises and sitting in the media room having dinner. And I always used to love from time to time sitting down with about four or five of those guys and just catching up and saying hello and talking baseball, blah, blah, blah. Each one of those guys said to me, aside from everybody else, they're like, you guys have really made the right move here by hiring Nick Crawl. There were a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there, maybe some of the new analytics guys, but certainly I can only speak to some of the old timer guys that felt like there were a lot of people thinking that this was the right guy for the right job. And all of the things you just talked about, he has to have some hand in this. No question. I, and I'm, I'm really happy for Nick. One, he's a, he's a humble guy. Yeah. Um, and, and two, he's paid his dues. You know, he's one of those guys that started at the bottom and just kept working, and now he is where he is, and he deserves to be where he is. And I saw the other day made me chuckle Jim Bowden, of all people, saying that, that he should be uh, executive of the year. Um, Bo- Bowden, uh, Bowden had some good years here. Uh, yes, he did. Didn't accomplish him quite the way that Nick Crawl has, but uh, – Anyway, yeah, I, I think he's right, though. I, I think Nick and David Bell are, are lifers, and they, they know what they know, and they seem pretty confident about what they know, and it's paying dividends, and we can only hope that, one, they can, they can be kept here, and, two, they'd be allowed to, to finish what they've started. Well, the David Bell thing, his contract is up at the end of the year. There are a lot of people out there, you know, when you play this well, and you know how this goes. I mean, when things are going good, you want to give everybody a contract and sign them to a long-term deal and blah, 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 and then you do it. And in a year from now, if you turn out to be the St. Louis Cardinals of this year, people are wondering why in the hell did we do A, B, C, and D. We'll, we'll find out what happens with Bell. He's done a great job. There's no doubt about it. Um, but uh, you just mentioned Jim Bowden. Uh, look, I know a lot of people don't like him. Uh, he's always been good to me every single time I've ever dealt with a guy. And I've always said that if you gave him an owner that would give him some rope, this guy would put together a championship team. In my opinion, even though they didn't win it, that 1995 team was better than the 1990 team that won the World Series, I thought. And one of the big reasons that team 
You remember, Doc, I mean, when he pulled off the deals going down the stretch there for David Wells, one of the top pitchers in the game, Mark Portugal, outstanding pitcher for many years with the Giants, and he brings in Dion. Uh, when, when, when that's the, I don't know at that level, but in my opinion, and I think you agree, I'm sure you've written about it, um, is, is I think this is a year the Reds got a wheel and deal to try and go for it and win it all. I look at the National you, League, and I, I don't see juggernauts yeah. out there, Doc. I don't see them. I don't see them. I, the Dodgers, the, the Kershaw's hurt. The uh, four-fifths of their starting row, in fact, all five of their starters that began the year are all out injured. They are not a juggernaut. The Diamondbacks are having a good year. They're not a juggernaut. Miami's having a good year. They're not a juggernaut. Anybody in this National League with decent starting pitching, I think the Reds can beat them. I think the Braves are clearly the class of the yeah, league. Yeah, they're right the best now. of the no, no doubt about. It. They're in a separate category. Yeah, but I yeah I, I agree with you, and I've said I've said this forever. I, I, if you have a chance to win something, go try to win it, and and that applies more in baseball than than in football, for example, because the, the economics being what they are. If you, if you're a small money team, your 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 odds of being in this position are, are not high. Uh, and and this is the year to take advantage of that. And you're right. And it, it's obvious what the Reds need, and it's obvious what they have a surplus of. You know, it's not as if, well, we got to think about this, and where do we want to lose guys, and what we're not sure what exactly do we need. It's obvious what they need. You know, and it's obvious that they've they've got the uh, the trade bait to get what they need. It's just a question of whether they want to do it. Uh, and whether they can find a suitable partner. People sometimes forget that, you know, there's another team involved in this too, you yeah. know, and they want something back, and maybe what they want back is excessive. You know? But but I think, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. If ever the Reds were to go for it, uh, this would be the year to do it. Well, I, I mean, I, I would love to see him go do it, and, and I don't know all the particulars. I know making a deal and putting together a deal is a lot harder than all of us sitting around a room and figuring out, well, why not those two guys for this guy? I, I just look at where this, the roster is right now. I think that you could, you could cut loose, uh, whether it's a current player who's a part of your team. Now, maybe that might disrupt the fabric of your team a little bit, or whether it's one of these minor league guys that's very highly touted. The, the, the Reds' future is not going to live and die on one player that's playing in single-A or double-A or triple-A right now, I don't think. Well, plus they, they've got an abundance of, of shortstops. You know, how many shortstops do you need, you know? Um, if, they, if they lose one of three or four shortstops, sure, that guy may turn out to be really good, but you already got that position covered, so who, who cares how he does for somebody else if you've already got a guy who's as good or better uh, playing for your team? So, I, I mean, go for it. You, the chance doesn't come around very often in, in little old Cincinnati, small market Cincinnati, so, you know, strike while the iron's hot, right? Yeah, I mean, we use a line all the time that George Grant like to use. You don't pick the year you're going to contend. The year picks you. And, uh, you know, right. everybody – I, I say this all the time. Everybody in St. Louis, when this season started, everybody and his brothers picking them to win the Central. Everybody and his brothers picking them to go to the LCS. And here they are. Yeah. They can't get out of their own way. Last night, we'll show it later. I don't know if you saw the end of that game. I mean, that's their season in a nutshell. Comebacker to the mound, two guys on, ninth inning, 
Guy throws a ball over the first baseman's head down the line. Two runners score. They lose a game. I mean, it's a mess. It's a yeah. mess. All right, Doc. Yeah, great we seeing were, you. We Welcome back. For... What's Thank that? You. I said we feel really bad for the folks in St. Louis too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Kind of a heartbreaker for us. Yeah, it really, here. really is. It really is. All right, buddy. All the best. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Tom. All right, Paul Doherty kind of jumps to join us. He's writing for the Ben now. You know, the Benjamin. That, I mean, it's a big league operation he's writing for. Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the, the, the gang over there, Jackie Rao and all them at game day, and they started, you know, it, Doc's kind of moved into, you know, he's in Italy. He's on, the, he's on the, 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 uh, the Riviera down there on the beach, and now he's writing for, you know, this sort of Esquire-like website where they, you know, they have fashion. They have all this kind of, I mean, that's, that's where Doc is now. He's not, he's not, hum, not humble folk like us here at Chatterbox, right? Tom? Well, no, they're only, living. last time I checked, there are only two guys in a room that are, that are public school guys. Casey, you know who those two would be? Um, you're going to have to remind me, Tom. Who are they? That would be you and me. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's whoa, right. whoa, 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 whoa. All I went to f- the rest of the uh, ah. liberal parochial elite are, uh, are sitting in this room. Altiora. I went to Fillmore <laughs> Elementary in kindergarten, Tom. I was a public school kid for exactly one year. I was public school through eighth grade. Too much of a problem child, though. Got kicked out. Jake Seaman just writes, Tom, my dad said he grew up with you, and he wants to know if it's true. Jake, it is. In fact, your dad reached out to me the other day. Great dude. Uh, and I think he wants me to reach out to you. I just got a, uh, an email from him the other day. Um, okay. Uh, when we come back, we're going to run the highlight of that, um, of that Cardinals game. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, not right now. Ham and Eggers, you guys handle it for a second, uh, and I will be right back. Ham and Eggers, Mr. President, raised $35 million the last quarter. Politics. Take it away. $35 mil. <laughs> it's that type of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me. I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Thank you, Donald. I wonder who Tom's going to vote for in the primary. The Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data centers supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. productivity. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins not there, not over there, but here. All right. And of course, we gotta we gotta pub up our Pawnee water. And the question still remains: Are you drinking regular water when you know we've been saying it for months that alkaline water has been proven to have superior hydration benefits to regular water in a clinical study? And no one makes better alkaline water than right across the street here in Hamilton, Ohio. That's Pawnee water. The natural limestone filtration gets out all the bad stuff, gives you the good stuff, and they put it all in the bottle. Great branding bottle. Only one ingredient in that bottle that is water. pH levels are perfect. The taste is perfect. Some say it's the best tasting water in the world. That some is me. That's them. Because it is. It just is. Objectively the best tasting water in the world. You can find out where you can get Pawnee at PawneeWater.com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com. You can find out where you can get this in a store near you, if you're in Butler County, just go to the local gas station. You'll probably find it. They're stretching out. They're trying to get into more gas stations. It all helps with you guys. Um, we're also going to pub the merch. Casey, go ahead and flash that merch up there. 
Um, if you haven't seen it already, go to ChatterboxSports.com. Go to the store. We also have uh, the word, which has um, started the blog. But this is the merch. If you haven't already, you spend $100 in merch, you get a free ticket to Chatterbox Night. That comes with two drinks. That comes with food. We'll all be there on the riverboat. You can meet all of us. And you also get four T-shirts from the merch store. So a lot of good stuff. Who came up with that Harambe Connect T-shirt? I don't know who was. I don't know who it was, but they have a they have a sharp mind, a brilliant mind. Yep. If you're sipping the crawlay, and I, there's by some the way, crawl. I'd really like that Harambe shirt to be the number one sold shirt. If we can make that happen, because it, it's a it's going to be an ego boost for whoever did actually right. make it, or yeah. whose idea it was. Yeah. The problem if if that Harambe shirt sells out is that Elliot's going to have to go shopping for a whole new wardrobe of hats because his head's going to be so big because he knows the person who personally made the Harambe shirt. <laughs> and he desperately wants that person to get the claim yeah. that they so admirably desire. Yeah, that person that person doesn't want... Uh... Tom. <laughs> <laughs> we had that... Did you see that last week? Paul had to run across the camera, Tom. He just ran straight. I did. I it. saw it. I saw it. You, you weren't quite as elegant. No, that was well. I think Tom's no. was much better. <laughs> I think Tom's was much better. We need the Reed pick. What is the Reed pick? Speaking of Reed, Reed, what a performance you had last night. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. A Tom, lot of did fun. you hear about this? No, please film me. Reed, went a, Reed threw a complete game. More Only, than a complete game. More than a complete game. Well, you can't do well, more than a complete right. game. No, that's not how. Game. Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> Only gave up one earned run, Tom. He didn't. He, his strikeout numbers aren't great. I'll say that he's doesn't kinda, matter. Doesn't matter. Pitched kind of like Ashcraft last night, but he helped his team to a was a two-one victory. Two-one victory in nine innings. Wow. Only a seven-inning game. Beat up. That the, is impressive. Beat a former musky pitcher, Jeff Barger, who also went to Hamilton, Ohio, or went to Baden. Um, he's also a police officer. I forget what what uh, city he pitches in, or pitches in, what uh, city he's a police officer for. But he's a great guy. But you outdueled him last night. I did. You know, I had youth on my side. He's every bit of 43 years old, Tom. <laughs> well, I mean, you should have never said that. Because there was a lot of credit about to come your way, and you're telling me that a 20, what are you, 20 what, four? I am 27 years old. 27 Tom. year old uh, outduels a 40. I mean, that, that's like uh, that's like Hunter Green beating Phil Necro. <laughs> Tom, right? Uh, we've come a Hunter long Green. way. We've come a long way because just a few months ago you asked if I was in my 30s. Now you're saying I'm 24. We're. Well, you told me you were in your 20s, and I drew a blank on what it was. But 43. Everett says 43 is the new 33. That's. Eh. There we go. There we go. Casey, you got this uh, video of how the St. Louis Cardinals lost the game yesterday. And we were talking before the show. The, the one thing that is just so hard to imagine from the St. Louis Cardinals is how bad they are defensively. Casey, yeah. go, go ahead and play this. All right, watch this. We'll go back now. The two runners on, ninth inning, okay, one out, first and second. It's a one and two pitch to the batter. Here we go. Now his 1-2 pitch. Runners take off. Little tapper in front of the mound. The runners will advance. Double clutch, and he threw it away. Down the line. One run scores. Gurriel around third. He's going to score, and the Marlins walk off. Unbelievable. That's brilliant. 
I can't believe it, Tom. Stay with us for a minute. Chip's got a nice little recap on this thing coming up. Marlins, by the way, are pretty damn good. Yeah, they are. Here it is. found so many ways to win. This might be the biggest dagger and the worst way possible to lose. A comebacker with one out. Hicks fields the double clutch, and he airmailed it to first. And the Marlins clear the bases and walk off and stun the Cardinals 10-9. All right, there you go. How about that? One run victory. How about that? Now, that's the kind of game. That's the kind of game. And look, I, I might end up being 1,000% wrong because I got my son. I got other buddies of mine that are telling me the Cardinals are still going to come back and win this thing in the Central. I'm not buying it. Under 500. Yeah, I'm not buying Tom? it for a second. I don't believe it. 16 games. They're done. D-U-N done, as I like to say. D-U-N done. The only people that say that they're going to come back and win the division have two things. One, they have just been so whipped by the Cardinals their whole life. Similarly, if you're a Bengals fan, the Steelers have just warped your brain yep. into thinking that they're always going to do something great. Yep. But the only way in which the Cardinals win the division is if the winner of the division wins like 83 games. And I think we are well past that now with the with the Reds being nine games over 500, the Brewers being five games over 500 here at the All-Star break. 83, 84 wins is not going to win this division. No, and that's think, the only way in which the Cardinals have a shot no, at. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, I, 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 the Cardinals for me are done. Um, and, and, and listen, this is why when this season started, all everybody talked about was these great young star players the Cardinals have, right? How are they looking? How were they looking? I mean, and, and it, look. The Reds' young star players have played great. When the Cardinals brought up some of their young guys last year, they played really, really well, too. Maybe not to the magnitude of what McLean and De La Cruz have done. In McLean's case, in a month and a half, almost two months now, De La Cruz, not even a month. Um, but you just don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Just look at Lodolo and Green this year. No, nobody would have predicted this would happen. And, and God bless them. You hope they get healthy and come back and they can help this team win. But when you get the chance, you got to do it because you just don't know. If your entire team is basically relying, and let's be honest about it, this entire Reds team, outside of Votto's only been back and really not done much. He's hit a few home runs, but he's hitting a buck 90 after getting two or three hits the other night, right? Yep. So, you know, look, and maybe he'll get better. And he is hitting some home runs, some big home runs, in fact. They were a game winner the other day. Um, but but th this entire team is built around a bunch of 20-something-year-old guys. So, you know, we saw, just use Jonathan India as a case in point. His rookie year, rookie of the year. Second year, Terrible, right? He was hurt, in fairness, but terrible. This year, he's been good. He's been good. Been very good at times. Last month, not so good until the other day with a couple of home runs. But, Elliot, you get what I'm saying here? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think you look at the difference, and Tom said it, one day you're, you're the Cardinals of old, and then you wake up, and then you're this Cardinals team out of nowhere. I, I think you look at the Cardinals' depth, their pitching is atrocious. It's abysmal. But they, they tried to do it the way the Reds have been doing it successfully right now. Nick Crawl has successfully built this team, whether or not – and I, again, I was against it. 
I was against this method from the beginning. I said they, they shouldn't have traded Suarez. They shouldn't have traded Winker. Those guys were under team control and with friendly contracts. I have been proven wrong again and again and again, and it's working. It's working. Nobody understand. I still, I, and I said it last night, I don't understand how it's working, but the lineup crushes. They, haven't, they have not been shut out. I think the last time was, it was a month ago against the Dodgers in the, in the middle-of-the-day game. I think Trace was at that game. He might have jinxed them. But other than that, I mean, this, this offense doesn't stop. Despite the, the obvious holes in the starting pitching depth right now, they are battling adversity left and right. The bullpen, again, you couldn't walk on the street and ask anybody, name a player on this Reds bullpen. Nobody would know. Nobody would know a single player on this Reds bullpen before the season. Yep. They still might not know now. Oh. I mean, Ian Jabot, great Lucas Sims, That's your guy. Diaz. That's your guy. Don't well, badmouth him now. Well, Tom, do you think he? Do you think Ian Jabot celebrated Fourth uh, of July? Because you know he's from Great Britain. He he pitched. <laughs> he pitched for Great Britain. He he pitched for the Brits. Houston, Texas. Huh? Houston, Texas, Elliot. Oh well, then why is he pitching for Great Britain? Well, there are other guys that do that. Well, but Ian Jabot's our guy, and he's pitching. I'm just saying. Listen, you go through the bullpen. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't understand why they're doing it, but they are destroying MLB MLB batters. Really, they are. It, the, the way our, the lineup is hitting and the way the bullpen is pitching, we're winning games. We're going to win a lot of games going forward. The starting pitcher, we have to have a couple more starting pitchers. It's, it's going to have to happen at some point. Uh, somebody wrote in the chat that the Cardinals win all in, trading a bunch of young guys to get a bunch of old guys. Uh, it, their outfielders right now are Alec Burleson, okay, who's 24 years old. Burleson, all we heard about was how great he was going to be. Dylan Carlson, the same thing. He's 24 years old. You've got Jordan Walker, who's playing 21. Well. He's right? playing well. What's that? Jordan Walker's playing well, right? Yeah, but I'm yeah, saying he's yeah, 21. Yeah, yeah. They, they, these are all these young guys. Uh, Newt Bar, 25. I mean, they, they, these are all the outfielders they have. Now, granted, they went out and spent some money on Goldschmidt and Arenado, but Edmund's a young player. I know he's been around for a couple of years. Uh, Donovan's a young player. Uh, 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 Nolan Gorman, this, you know, they, they brought in Contreras. That's been a disaster. 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 Um, I mean, the pitchers don't even want to pitch to the guy. Yeah, that's your boy, Reed. Yeah. That's it, your it, guy, Reed. It's funny, that Wilson Contreras that. It's, leaves, <laughs> it's funny that Wilson Contreras leaves the Cubs, and the Cubs have two of the three, two pitchers with, out of the three best ERAs in the league. It's funny how that adds up there, Tom. Twenty one. You know what? You you mentioned you mentioned Ian Jabot being from Great Britain. Lars Newbar played for Team Japan. Team Japan. Is he from is he from Japan, Elliot? No, I respect Lars Newbar for that. I just you know, Ian Jabot, he played for the opposing side. Also Great El Britain Great Britain some say they blew a thirteen colony lead. Mm. Some say that. Nice. I won't say it, but nice. some say it. I and he they, went and played for him. I think they had a lot more colonies than 13, than 13. that, 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 that <laughs> they well, lost. They had a lot more than that. Well, that's the one I'm mentioning. That's right. U.S. of A, baby. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> Elliot, you mentioned that uh, you said that you disagreed with pretty much every move that the Reds have done. <laughs> I and did. that you've been wrong on every single one of them. And you... Are you pro-trading <laughs> Jonathan India? I am I am anti. So okay. I am an, I am against. I am <laughs> That's where his buddy sidekick there sitting next to him has a little bit different feeling about that. And his ego, Jacob's ego, right it's, now is sparked because Noelvi Marte. I think Noel, did he have two triples last night or one? Yeah, triple? He, had, he had two hits and two steals. We're all sitting here complaining about oh Joey Votto's only hitting home runs, blah blah blah. Since his call up, he's playing better than Jonathan India in the last fifteen games. That's unfortunate. Better stats across the board. Did you so. see the pickoff, Tom? 
that when Jonathan the, Lee was the bases are loaded. Yeah, and you have your best bat arguably yeah. at the plate. Yeah, he's up in the count, and you're standing at first base, yeah. and you're gonna get back picked by one of the worst defensive catchers in the league. I mean, he's that's got a cannon. He's got a cannon. It doesn't matter. That can't Reed. happen. That can't You're getting back-picked you know at first where you don't have anywhere to go. Reed's a catcher, too. There's someone on second base. Like, I don't get it. That was one of the most inexcusable plays I've ever seen. Because that's just falling asleep. It just put the spark in Ellie De La Cruz. Next at bat, home run, 460 feet. How about that, Moonshot? Yeah, shot? that was chestnut checkers. I mean, he knew that they needed a little bit of a, a spark. They needed, they needed something going Going wrong to go right, and you know what? That's just Jonathan India, the leader it's of this being ball a leader. Club. Can't argue with that. That's a leader. Boom Shakalaka asks a question. Tom, does Elliot remind you of a young <laughs> Richard Skinner? I love, uh, I love Skinny. Does a solid job. I'm a big fan of him as well. So that's a compliment, and I'll take it, Boom Shakalaka. Does he remind you of a young Richard Skinner, Tom? Uh, you know, I don't remember a young Richard Skinner. He had already been around for a while by the time I showed up. But he's still, he's still around. He's doing a bunch of stuff for Channel 12. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good for him. Well, good for him. Um, a couple other things that come up in the chat that I find uh, interesting is that um, uh, help me with this because you guys are the stat guys. Andrew says India has the worst splits on the team in regard to what? What would that be? He might just be talking about in general. It might just be. In, uh, in his last 15 games, India's batting splits are 175, 299 on base, and slugging 333. Not a lot of extra base hits for so, my guy. Not yeah, a lot two of home runs in one game. And a, two a, home runs in one and game. And a grand slam, and we were down 500. So don't, hey. That was good. Don't minimize a grand slam because the Reds were losing right. by seven. That's right. That's right. You Those know, guys count. get worked up when, when, when you say things about – I mean, I remember when I did a Reds game where in Philadelphia, game wound up going, I think, 17 innings. And in like the seventh or eighth inning, Brandon Phillips is at second base. And I loved Brandon Phillips. I'll say that right now. Some people may feel the same way. Others may feel differently. I saw that guy every day. It didn't matter what you asked him to do. Bat anywhere in the batting order, bat leadoff, bat second, bat third, bat fourth, bat sixth. Whatever you asked him to do, no complaints. Just put him in a lineup, go play. I saw this guy play through injuries that I'm not, I'm not so sure outside of the Hall of Famer, Andre Dawson, who I was around for three years in Chicago when he was near the end and playing on a lot of AstroTurf and his knees Never seen a tougher man in my life than Andre Dawson. It, it was mind-boggling to watch the pain he was in, and he answered the call every single day. Uh, Brandon Phillips was the same way. He'd get hit in the hand, no doubt about it. There's something in there that's really messed up. On the wrist, foul a ball off his leg. I mean, and the guy always answered the bellies in a lineup. Anyway, this game in Philadelphia. Jimmy Rollins is the shortstop for Philly. Well, Brandon R Phillips and Rollins must be buddies, right? So they're standing there, and Phillips is at second base, and there's, you know, one out in the inning, and tie game, like the eighth maybe. And Brandon's taking his lead, and, man, he's carrying on and carrying on with Jimmy Rollins, and they're talking, pitch would be thrown. He'd walk back, touch a base, go back, take his big lead. Man, they're laughing and yucking it up, Baba, Bam! Pick off! Done! D-U-A! Go on! <laughs> Next guy, naturally, 
gets a base hit into right center field that would have given the Reds a lead. So as the game went on, I continued to bring up what happened in the eighth inning. I brought it up in maybe the 10th, maybe the 11th, maybe the 12th, maybe again in the 15th, maybe again in the 16th. And I got read the riot act by the powers that be uh, at Fox Sports Ohio. When is enough enough? It, it costs you the game. Mm-hmm. Cost you the game. Yep. Period. And, you know, I always felt like those were the things that uh, you had to talk about and talk about it again and again and again because that was, a, that was the single biggest play of the game. So, you know, hopefully India, like Phillips did, because it never happened again with Phillips that I could remember, hopefully it's just one of those brain cramps that, that, that will happen to the best of them. They've happened to Pools, they've happened to Griffey, they've happened to A-Rod, they've even happened to Jeter. I can promise you at some point in time, Derek Jeter has had a brain cramp, made a mistake, and now it's what you do thereafter. Do you learn from it and not let it happen again? Right? Right. It's going to happen. You play, you play too much baseball for those things. They will happen, right? Now, well, I mean, look, it's a long year, man. I mean, and I thought Nick Kirby had a very interesting point yesterday when he talked about this Reds team. And we were just talking about the youth of this Reds team and how he would be very careful. Maybe you guys talked about it, I don't know, last night, Elliot. Um, none of these guys, not any of them, has played a 162-game schedule. Not De La Cruz, because they don't play that many games in the minor leagues in a season. They're in the 130s, 120s, right? Yeah. So, you know, whether it's De La Cruz, who, who hadn't even been around that long anyway, McLean hadn't been around that long, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you go on and on and on. Friedel has not been an everyday guy for a 162-game schedule. Um, Benson, Steer... Stevenson really has not because he didn't, you know, he he got hurt last year. He was around the year before, but that's when they brought him up. So, you know, none of these guys has played an entire season. So, you know, those are little things you learn as you continue to go on as a young player. Okay, you made a mistake. It didn't cost your team the game. So now you learn from it and don't make the same mistake again. All right, anything on the Reds that we want to uh, finish up on? I want to drift in a little bit more of this Corey Dillon conversation because I think it's very interesting. Anything else? I just want to touch on how big the length we've been getting out of Reds starting pitching lately has been. The bullpen was taxed at the end of this series, and the Reds starting pitching has gone six innings for what seems like a whole week now. So that's just been absolutely crucial to get these guys back healthy going into six massive games against Milwaukee. Thoughts, anybody? No, the you know, all this talk about the Reds starting pitching and, and really since since it's really broken down and gotten a lot of traction about whether or not the Reds need to add to the starting rotation, which, by the way, I still think that they do, the pitching's been fine. It's been great. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it great's a stretch. Great, great's a stretch. But they've been, they've been helping out the bullpen. They've been getting deep in the ballgames, which was a far improvement than where they were coming back down 6-1 to one every single night. Yep. 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 So, you know, I, I, I was bummed they didn't go uh, get Chapman. I thought that was a I thought that was a great move by Texas. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we we only saw Texas for three games and, and, and when the Reds played them. And I 
mean, I, I, I wasn't impressed at all. Now, yeah, it's only, it's only three that. games, and they continue to be in first place, although Houston's closing. Yep. They're closing, and they're, they're getting healthier, and, and Houston's starting to kick it into a different gear now. Um, and, and so they're on a winning streak right now. Um, Jordan says the Rangers are good. Okay, you say so, I believe it. Their record would tell you that they're good. I, I just, just I don't two buy games it. back. Yeah, two I, games yeah. back. I, I don't buy their starting pitching. I don't at all. Um, and then they went out and just made, and we said it at the time, made the maybe the single most ridiculous move I've ever seen in my life given to Grom that contract. Guy hadn't pitched in three years. Yeah, best ability is availability, and DeGrom hasn't been available in a long, long time. When he's healthy, he is without a doubt the best pitcher in baseball. 100%. 100%. No doubt about it. He has the best stuff, makeup, everything of any pitcher in Major League Baseball. But when you cannot pitch, basically for, for two full years, yeah, a little bit in one year, yeah, a little bit in the next year, hurt all the time, they signed him, and we're like, you, you got to be kidding. You got to be kidding. And they did, and, and now – Sadly, he is hurt again. Another Tommy John surgery is going to be out at least a year. It's a long-term deal. We hope and pray the guy can come back because he's a great pitcher and, and, and seems like a really, really good guy. Um, anything in baseball you guys want to cover before we move on? Anything at all? Uh, no. Well, we, we could do the Immaculate Grid again. Immaculate, we want to yeah. do Immaculate Let's Grid, do that, Tom? Right Let's do the Immaculate Grid. Oh. Here we go. The Immaculate Grid, as we call it. So please read, explain the rules of the game for those. So if you've ever, if you've ever done a Sudoku puzzle, it's basically baseball Sudoku. You you get on the left side, it's got to be a Tampa Bay Ray and a Houston Astro, and you got to line it up with the right side. The the goal is to get the lowest score possible. It's like golf, and your score is just the sum of the percentages that you get from each player. So how how many people that fill out that exact answer? Goes on. So, without okay. further ado, I'll start it off with an Astro and a Philly, and one of the most underrated players I think of the past two decades, and that's Bobby Abreu. Solid player. Yeah, it was a great player. Well, I mean, the guy played on terrible teams. He was an outstanding player. A- What's his last A-B. name? A B. A B. Yep, he's right there at the bottom. Yep, Bobby Abreu. Okay. Three percenter. Okay. Love that. I'm gonna go Dodgers Phillies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Jason Worth. Gamer. Gamer. He was yeah, a baby. gamer. Jason gamer. with a Y. Jason with a Y. Total gamer. Right there. Jason Worth. Love that. 1%. There you go, Daddy. Look no further. All right. Who's up? Uh, I got one. jump in there. Can I get one red for us? I have a former red for you. Tampa Bay, Houston. Listen to this guy, Brooks Rayleigh. Anybody remember a Brooks oh, yes. Rayleigh? He's going to be zero percent. Right? It'll be zero. Yeah. It'll be. That's a good you're one. You're going to beat my Jason. Three percent. Oh my gosh! More fans than I thought. More than Jason. But Jason Worth was a hell of a player. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Won a World Series with the Nationals, if I remember right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Dodgers Cy Young Award winner. We're going to go with Mike Marshall. The greatest reliever, I would, I would make the Did argument. Did he win a Cy Young? As far, yes, and, and, as a reliever, won a Cy Young. From 67 to 81? Yep. Or is it from 81 to 91? 67 to 81. 67 to 81. Okay. There we go. Point six. That's a nice one. I'll give you your 2021 Cy Young, Robbie Ray. Wow. 200 Ks. That's going to be a low one, I guarantee that. What Bobby was, what was uh, Marshall? 
He was point six percent. Twenty four point six. All right, Tom. Good. It's a great answer. My two guys combined are one point six. <laughs> There's Ray. nobody that's that been Robbie better Ray. than that on Robbie this Ray. tired program. One percent. <laughs> There's only been four Cy Young Award winners in Houston history. Yes. How many can you name? I can name all four. Did you look them up? No. Justin Verlander, Dallas Keuchel, Roger Clemens, and Mike Scott. Mike Scott for sure won one. Are you sure that um, J.R. Richard never won one? I'll look him up right. J.R. Richard did not win one. Okay. One, how, about, how about um how about Don, no, Don Wilson never won one. Okay. I think those are the only four. So we have to decide which of those four would get the lowest percentage. I Justin you, Verlander is you've out. You got to think Mike Dallas Scott. Dallas Keuchel is out. I think it's Mike Scott, but I think people forget about Roger Clemens. You want to hear the Dallas most Keuchel unbelievable Keuchel. stat you've ever heard in your life about Mike Marshall. So. Now Mike think Scott. about this for a second, yep. fellas. Think about this for a second. 8%er. Right. Okay? Think about this. This is truly, this might be the most amazing statistic there is in baseball. In 1974, so three years in a row, he finishes, okay, in 72 with Montreal, he finishes fourth in the Cy Young, 10th in the MVP. The next year with Montreal, he finishes second in the Cy Young, fifth in the MVP. Okay? Oh, in 1974, Mike Marshall pitched for the Dodgers. 106 games. He threw 208 innings as a reliever. Won the Cy Young Award. Was third in the MVP balloting. He had back-to-back -back years, 73 and 74 where he pitched in 198 games and threw over or almost 400 innings. You never see relievers, like relievers in the 70s and 60s would throw 150 innings. That yeah. never happened. Pedro Bourbon. Yeah, they terrible. would throw 150, 150 innings. Yeah. All right, back to the game. I didn't mean to bore everybody. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to steal one for uh, Los Angeles and Tampa Bay. Future Hall of Famer. Well, I guess he's already a Hall of Famer. He gets inducted soon. The crime dog, Fred McGriff, played for oh. both those teams. So well, he's going to be up there. McGriff. He's, he, right there. he played for the Dodgers? At the end of his career. Okay. Two percenter. I've got one right next to him. Okay. So that's the 200 strikeout for Tampa Bay. We're going to go Charlie Morton. How about Charlie Morton? Ooh, did did Charlie one. Morton strike out 200 batters? I think so. We're going to find yeah, out. Sure. Do it. That's our for guess. Sure. He did. Is that what we're going with? Charlie yeah. Morton? Charlie Morton. Yes. Is there a better what? Philly for 200 Ks than uh, Zach Wheeler? What about, what about Roy? Roy would have done it. There's, yeah, Schilling would have done it. You're not going to get, yeah. Uh, and, and then going all the way back, the former senator from uh, Kentucky, Jim Bunny. I was going to say, Jim, Jim, Jim Bunny. Did Jim Bunny never do it? Oh, sure he did. Yeah, let's, let's. This would be a low one. Let's go Hall of Famer, Saint X Bomber, Jim Bunny. Jim Bunny. Senator. Leader of men. Long blue line. Come on, this would be a low one. This would be a really good one if we can do uh, Jim this. Jim Bunny, right there. Oh, Bunning, okay. I thought you said Bunting. Twenty-three. Wow. Hey, that's a that's a big number. Who? Uh, what about the one you had, Elliot? Seventy, I think, was ours. Was well, that what right? did we get? What, no, we, what, what did was, you? What was the other one you guessed? It was zero point seven. Oh, the other pitcher? 
Yeah. I had Charlie Morton and I guessed uh, Brooks Raley. No, who was, who, who was the other guest for the Phillies? Uh, we had Jim Bunny. We were talking about somebody before him. Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler. We'll Zach see Wheeler. what his number is. That was, that was Jake's number. Well, we had the low. We beat our record. Jim Bunning. <laughs> we beat our record. It for, was? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. Jim Bunning, 0.7. That's great. That was the second lowest we had on the chart. We, Zach score? Wheeler would have gotten. Pull it up. Alex had a good guess here. He said, I tried to get a small number here and tried Kevin Millwood. You, you can't have Steve Carlton, PB's ghost. That's number one by far. Highest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or yeah. Roy Holiday. Roy Holiday would have been up there as well. Yeah. It's, but nobody is uh, Carlton. 23 is the new record, guys. Great. That was a great round. I don't know if we can beat that. I don't That's, know if anyone uh, can We beat can that. beat it. 27's good. All right. Lane, you missed out. He wants to know when Paul Doherty is coming on the show. <laughs> we have, uh, we have um, the Tracer. Yeah, Tracy's coming on. Coming up in nine minutes. Coming up in about nine minutes. Get his thoughts on the red legs and anything else that might be on his mind. I'm sure he has a lot on his mind. There was a lot going on down there in his hood if he was around. I mean, with all the, you know, the, the, the Taylor Swift. Did any of you guys go to Taylor Swift? He went outside the stadium. Yeah, I know. We talked about that. Yep. I don't think any of us went. Okay. Paul did. Yeah, Paul did. Paul to We're going to have to talk to Paul about it when he comes back. But did I went your daughter to the- get tickets? It was her birthday over the weekend. Did she get tickets? Our daughter her? got invited by a friend Friday night a couple of weeks ago, so she was very excited about that. Yep. Her birthday was the next day, or the yeah, the next day. And then uh, my my wife's sister was in town with her two girls from California. They went and did what Casey did on Saturday night. They went nice. and hung outside the stadium. Has anybody seen that video? I don't know if the thing went viral. Was there ever a video that went viral of a female Cincinnati police officer right next to Paul Brown Stadium dancing? Yes, I did see that. It was a great video. It was unbelievable. My wife was right there and has like, I mean, four or five minutes. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. In a day and age where all we do is turn on the television and the cops are blamed for every single bad thing that happens in the world. Um, It was so cool to see her out there dancing to the music. People were coming over and dancing with her. It was right on that road that runs right next to Paul Brown. It goes down that little ramp, you know, the dead ends there in the marrying way. And um, it was uh, was really, really cool. Um, So that was good stuff. But anyway, there was a lot going on in Tracer's neighborhood down there, right? You had Taylor Swift, you had the Red Legs, had a lot going on, fireworks. A lot, lot going on. It was 4th of July, packed 4th of July weekend for the city of Cincinnati. If you missed the Taylor Swift concert this past weekend, you could, you could see it right here in Hamilton this Saturday. <laughs> the Taylor Swift experience at River's Edge concert venue. You get your Pawnee water, the official water of uh, the River's Edge concert series. Be a lot of fun. Mm. I actually just, this isn't funny, so I should stop. So should I say to my wife, honey, I'm sorry I didn't get you tickets, but. Do you want to go see (laughs) Kane and Wren at the Taylor Swift Experience in Hamilton? But uh, I mean, we have no plans this weekend. Come on down, Tom. It's a free concert. $6 beers. That's a, four, that's a good deal. Used to be $4, then, then Joe Biden got an offer. Oh. <laughs> you're right about that. You're right about that. So this is not funny, and I can't say this like smirking. Everyone is okay, but I was just checking the Journal News last night, which is the Hamilton's local newspaper. That's where uh, Joe, um, why am I drawing a blank? Legendary writer covered for years and years of Reds. One of the greatest dudes of all time. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his name. 
Go ahead. Anyway. So apparently on the 4th of July here in town, right near this concert venue, someone got shot by a stray bullet falling out of the sky. Like someone in the, I don't know how far bullets can, mm-hmm. can travel, but we're just shooting bullets up into the sky and someone got hit by one at the concert venue this past weekend. They're okay. It literally just like, I guess, didn't do a whole lot of damage. Like they're completely fine, but it was a bullet falling out of the sky, which is, you hear about that stuff happening, but I've, I've never like, I thought they disintegrated in the air. I would argue you don't hear about stuff like that. Well, that's just, that's what they're, (laughs) I don't know. Here are some answers for you. If you're looking for answers. Okay. A center fire bullet uh, can travel actually several miles. Small shots can go between 200 and 350 yards. Larger shots, 600 yards. But a 22 caliber bullet can travel anywhere from a mile to a mile and a half. Some have been known to travel as long as three miles. Yeah, so this person got hit in the chest, like right, like right around the corner, and they said it flew out of the sky from, from the countryside. Now, I, what I'm about to say, it's going it's, it's okay. it's to come you, off it, as I'll sounding it like I don't like Hamilton. I'll let it go. It's going to come off as sounding like I don't like Hamilton. But yeah. that's not true because I love Hamilton. Yeah. I love, the, Hamil- I love the Hamilton Just River. Just get to it. Just get to it. Some would argue that bullets flying from the sky, falling out of the sky <laughs> while you're in a park. I mean, that's... Some would, argue that's not, some would argue that's not a great place to be. <laughs> not, not what you want. I mean, it's raining bullets. Do you think that that's, <laughs> I mean, that's just, a legitimate? That's, that's a, a good legitimate. question. I mean, it's so raining here's bullets. The, here's, here's that's the a thing. legitimate point, Reed. Here's you the thing. You can't argue that. Don't try to argue that point. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not trying to argue the point. Not, 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 not what you want. But not what you want. that person that shot that bullet, like there is someone that has heard the news and like in their head was like, oh, I was shooting. I was just shooting my gun right. off into the right. sky. Right. They now know that they, 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 they could do that. Like, that person has power and could, could get away with a crime, like a serious crime if they wanted to. Uh, the player, formerly known as Mouse Cop, wants to know, is Hamilton more dangerous than the Ukraine? <laughs> Nowhere safe. Yeah, what does it mean that if... I mean, Elliot asked a, a more than legitimate question I can't, here. I if can't you are it. outside and all you're trying to do is get a $6 Biden inflation beer. Enjoy the concert. And, and sit by the water. Sit by the river. Just enjoy listen to some Taylor sit, Swift. Exactly, Casey. Thank you. Let's you bring an umbrella. Rich, you can't Rich shake that off. Umbrella. And you can't the shake off that next thing you know, you've got a slug in your chest. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? I would argue that that is... I mean, you, you can't come with a better story than that. That's what Hamilton does. We just we give you <laughs> memories for life, Tom. And that's all a city yeah, can really memory, do right. is they can, they can make you interesting at a party. You know, you're the, you're the talk of every party for the rest of your life, Tom. I was just out watching fireworks in downtown Hamilton. Next thing you know, boom. Boy, now there's something I'm hoping for. I can brag at a party (laughs) that I took a bullet to the shoulder. That's the next shirt. Hanging out in Hamilton to be the life of the party. The next shirt, I took a sky bullet in Hamilton, Ohio. (laughs) Listening to the fake Taylor Swift. (laughs) Hey, that was the fake Motley Crue that that they were listening to that night. They were actually just watching the fireworks. It was near the bridge. Jolly Jolly, who is a Hamilton native, so he can Correct. call it Hamiltucky. He can do all those things. He can, absolutely. Right? 
He chimes in all the way from Los Angeles. Just goes to show, you got to be tough to be from Hamilton. Right, those those East Siders that grew up in Anderson, Kenwood, or the West Siders <laughs> that, that grew up in Chevy, wherever Elliot's from, they they're, they're not tough like us Hamiltonians. As you can tell by the way that I get incredibly offended every time someone talks bad about the city. <laughs> I didn't bring that story up. You brought it up. I would have never found that out. It's it's an I. It's a crazy story. <laughs> it's have you ever thought of running? I, I'm being I'm being very sincere. People are bringing this up in the chat, but look. Every, you know, I always think it's really cool when you're able to grow up no matter where you grow up, okay? Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool when people are able to look back on their, their experience growing up, and you pray this would be the case for every child there is that grows up in the world, right? We know it's not. Um, but I, I always very, I'm really glad when I hear people that grew up in a place, no matter where it is, Talk about how great it is. Yeah. All right. And it may not be great. Every place has its shortcomings. But you love Hamilton. Truly do. So it was, it, it's been asked in the chat, would you ever consider running for mayor of Hamilton, Ohio? I think you're the kind of guy, and I mean this sincerely, you would be the kind of guy that would be perfect for that gig. So I wouldn't stand a prayer against the current mayor, Pat Moeller, who in the most recent election, didn't run unopposed, but pr practically ran unopposed. There was, I don't know, five, if there was 5,000, I'm actually trying to pull up the exact results. If there were 5,000 votes out, Pat Moeller got like 4,980 of them. Republican? People, I don't even know if, if- What do you mean you don't know? I truly don't know if they had, like, had his party. If I had to guess, he's a lawyer, so I would assume that he's a Republican. I don't- I, I, There are a lot more Democrat- lawyers than Republicans. Not from Hamilton, Ohio. Okay. Not, <laughs> not, not from Butler County, Tom. All right. What's his name? Pat Moeller. Pat, how do you spell that? M-O-E. and then like what? the school. Like Moeller. Yep. All right, let's just check it out. Just so I know a little bit more about uh, the town that I come I to would, work in every I would day. Run You're right. An attorney is exactly right, right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Right. Um, I would run for, like, city council. I think it'd be great. You're right. Yeah. They don't list the, uh, they don't list the uh, party affiliation. Maybe that's a good thing. You it's have to not read up on. You have to read up on uh, w w what the person's all about. Yeah, it's not a full time job being the mayor at Hamilton. It's it's, it's a part time gig. So it's uh, there, there's no monetary value that that draws you to the position. It'd be a position of service here in town. Now, like the city manager, that's a full-time job, stuff like that. Apparently, he is a son of a legendary journal news writer, Bill Moeller. Really? Yes. Jolly Jolly, just adding that. I mean, what, what the hell is Jolly Jolly adding to the show from L.A. that you can't add to the show? <laughs> you live here. He lives out there with all the Tracy Jones-like guys. He's a little older than me, so all he has a All the Southern more... California guys. Tracy, are you back? Uh, are you in town? Were you around for the big weekend in downtown Cincinnati? What? I was in Cincinnati for the weekend. Saw that great Taylor Swift concert. Man, I right, tell you let what. Me stop, let me Swift, stop. Did you yeah, go to the show? Yeah. Actually did. I was in a box with Richard from Indian Hill. Yes, we went. I actually saw Taylor Swift back 15 years ago. She opened up for Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. And she was really, really good. I'm a big fan. In fact, if I was playing nowadays, and if I had walk-up music, which I would, 
Taylor Swift. If I really wanted to get fired up, she would be my walk-up music, and the song would be me. Do we do we know that song? Me? Anybody know that song? I wasn't listening. Okay, well, I don't know that song, but okay, Tracy, yes. you and I both know. I mean, you know, you're, you're a man's man kind of a guy, right? And I've seen Taylor Swift in concert in Columbus yes. years ago, took the family up there and, and loved every second of it. Fantastic performer. I did not go this past weekend. Um, but th there's no way when you were playing that your walk-up music would be Taylor Swift. Th th there, there's no way. You know, you Tom, and I, both I would know that. I would surprise you. I'm kind of a a metrosexual guy. You know what I'm saying? I have no. That I good don't taste. know what that means. What yeah. does that mean? Well, just good taste and all that. I, I take good care of myself. Always dress real nice, as I'm dressed nice today. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought she was very entertaining. I liked her concert. Uh, John Burns was there as well from Encore Technology. Yes, indeed. The CEO, the great CEO. He was there. He loves Taylor Swift. Um, it was just a great night. Uh, that place was rocking and rolling. The whole again, city was that. I, again, I repeat, there's no way if you were walking up to the plate in a major league game. Were they even doing walk-up music when you were playing? I, I'm being serious. I, I don't think they were doing it quite yet, were they? You know what they were doing? They were doing that monkey grinder music. They had the organ player. That, that's the kind of stuff they had back in those days. That's true. I mean, they, they didn't have any walk-up music. Tom, you know me. I, I doubt if Taylor Swift, in all honesty, that I would have Taylor Swift walk-up music. Probably not. But I am in Southern California, and I've got a difficult decision here. The rest okay. of me, I'm here for a while. What should I do today, boys? And I wrote down some things. Now, just okay. see what, what appeals to you, Tom. By the way, say Southern good morning to everybody, Tracy, to Reed and to Casey and to Jacob and to Elliot. Say hello to everybody, please, before yeah. we move on. Good, good morning, Ham and Eggers and Reed. I think you'd make a great politician because you never give an opinion. You kind of waffle. You're in between all the time. Okay, Plenty here's best. what I'm thinking. What about going to PV and taking a hike up out there in Palos Verdes? I have done that many that? times myself. Go ahead. Okay. What about going to Lake Arrowhead with Tucker for a walk? You know, that's only 45 minutes right there on the lake. The problem with that, with all the mountain lions, a little concerned about bringing Tucker there, right? They got okay. a mountain lion problem. What about just doing something off the wall, maybe going surfing? I can go surfing there in Manhattan Beach. I've got a board here, a Dewey Weber board, and I might take it and go surfing. Thinking about just taking the boat over to Catalina for the day. Uh, mm. I don't know if you've ever done that, Tom, but that's mm. kind of appealing. What about just going and getting on a flight to Vegas? Takes 40 minutes. I could stay in Vegas and be back by the end of the, you know, by about one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but why so come back? And why, why come back at one in the morning when you can come back tomorrow at one in the afternoon? Well, yeah, I'm just talking about because then Danae will know I'll be gone and probably at some strip bar in Vegas. So I've got to, you know, she's going to be busy today. What about taking a, a, a train to San Diego? What about that? Or how about I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. What about times. wine tasting in Santa Barbara? What about going to a Dodger game tonight? What no. about Disneyland? I haven't been to Disneyland no. in a long time. No. Tom, no, my no. point is there's there's nothing to do here. There's nothing to do. And I'm kind of, I'm struggling. Do you guys have any ideas? What would be your choice? Well, I mean, 
I am always a fan. I mean, anytime I'm near any body of water, and especially Pacific, uh, there are a lot of wimps out there in Southern California, down all the way to San Diego. Um, you know, I come out there. I've been coming on vacation there, getting ready to go at the end of the month uh, to, to San Diego every single year, right? Yeah. Everybody yep. else that gets in that water, 67, 68 degrees, right? They got to have a wetsuit yeah. on. Not me, <laughs> big boy. I'm right in there all day long. No wetsuit. So, to answer the question, I'm not a surfer, but if, okay. if I knew how to surf, mm. which you apparently do, that is lock, stock, and barrel my choice. Gentlemen, Whoa. put away in on the options. Uh, Jake, we begin with you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, surfing, I mean, that looks, I've never surfed, but that, I mean, that looks like the best time. I'm with you, Tom. That'd definitely be my choice if I was able to do it. I, I'm not a surfer. I'm a skier. I can ski now. But surfing is... Uh, Are you saying snow ski? Snow ski. Well, I Tracy, can... one thing you left off, the Jolly Jolly who lives in Southern California, he said yeah. you could go skiing up at Big Bear. This time of year you oh, could do that? Uh, you know, there might be a little snow left. That Jolly Jolly's right on there. You can go snow skiing. Think about this, boys. It's supposed to be 84 today, but you could take a, an hour ride up to Big Bear and do snow skiing. You could also water ski on Lake Arrowhead, some of the great lakes that they have. But like I said, there's not many options to do. This is rather a boring place. Well, so, uh, Elliot, what place. would be your choice? Did you say you never said? I would. Well, I could water ski. I would water ski. We could try that. Okay. All we right. Could try it. There yeah. we go. There we go. And uh, Reed. Yeah, I don't think there's a damn thing you can do in Southern California. So the first thing I would do, Tracy, is I'd get a taxi cab and just take you straight to Los Angeles International Airport. Get on the first flight back here to Cincinnati. Drive 45 <laughs> minutes and come eat lunch with us here. at here in Hamilton, Ohio. What's better than that, Tracy? Well, let me throw this at you. Here's another option, Tom, and I think this might appeal to you. Well, I don't think the second half probably wouldn't, but I could borrow my mother-in-law's $268,000 Porsche, Ooh. cruise down Hollywood and maybe pull some wool, do something like that on the edge, that's up like that, Tom. Top down, of course. Well, that won't attract anybody in Southern. I mean, that's way too cheap of a car for Hollywood, Tracy. I mean, <laughs> you got you got to go way better than that. That ain't gonna attract yeah. anybody. You know, uh, Tracy, it really is. I mean, your options are limited. If you had to rank your top two right now, what would they be? Well, I'm actually. I can just give you what I'm actually gonna do today. I'm gonna move some furniture into this place. That's what I'm oh gonna do. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, is, it, is this place ever, is this a place where you were uh, cleaning toilets, yes. right? Yeah. Very and I see it's time. been decorated in the back since the last time we saw you. I mean, there's furniture in there, TV in there, very nice lighting in there, a lot going on. Right. Well, it's called an ADU, alternative, what is it? Something. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a guest house is what it is. Oh, okay. So All we right. have okay. a guest house. I tell you what's embarrassing as we look behind me, that's a 25-inch TV. I haven't watched a 25-inch TV in years, so I got to go out and buy a TV today. Probably, what should I get? Like an 80-inch, 150-inch? Yeah. yeah, the problem Something is like well, you that. have to cover up the fireplace. You're not allowed to have fireplaces in California, are you? Yeah, it's all, it's all fake. It's, it just, you know, gives you the uh, appearance that you've got a fireplace. And why in the hell do you need a fireplace here in Southern California? Let me just, and also, here, can I just 
step away for a minute. The act. It is always overcast here. Tom, you know that on the coastlines? Well, you haven't reached yet. I heard some, one of the announcers, I click, I was clicking through some of the games, and I heard one of yeah. the announcers talking about that June gloom and how now it's getting out of here for good. Right. I've been out there. I, I'm not so sure that really is gone, gone, especially as close, close to the coast as you are. I'm not yeah. sure that's really gone, gone till like mid-July, late July. You with me on that or no? They, Oh, I agree with you. And it's getting later and later. I don't huh. know. I mean, I sit there and I watch California weather compare them to our weather. You know, our weather hasn't been that bad at all this year. I think it's, it's been, been pretty great. darn good. It's been great. The weather in California, yesterday was the first sunshine they've had in seven days. So I don't know what that's all about. But finally, the, the June gloom's kind of breaking up. But it, it's tough being on the coast. All right. I, I, I know you've still been paying attention, though, and I don't know if word has made its way to Southern California about one of your former teams. You played for five teams. I don't know if a lot of people Yes, know I that. did. You played for yeah. five major league teams. Uh, one of them, the streaking Cincinnati Reds. Well, I do follow the Reds on a daily basis, and I'll tell you why they're winning. And I, I, I don't think this is earth-shattering. I think people know this. It's the base running. It's the stolen bases. Do you know the Reds stole 50 stolen bases in the month of June? They stole 56 last year. The closest to them is the second team was Houston with 31. They've stole 102 stolen bases. That's more stolen bases than they had combined the last two years. Let me throw one more stat at you. They have more runners scoring from second than any team in baseball. So what does that tell you, Tom? And you know this. Get them in scoring position and get that one hit instead of two hits. That's how they're winning. I mean, they're getting clutch hits. They got a couple guys with over 50 ribeye stakes. That hasn't happened in a long time. Yep, yep. And it's just it's just a, a, a very scrappy team. I, I love watching these guys. You know, it's interesting you bring it up because um, when, when the rules, some of the rules were changed this year, and primarily the one I'm referring to uh, is uh, the shift. Yes. And, and then, and then uh, in addition, proving to be every bit as big, uh, especially for these red legs, uh, uh, the size of the bases uh, and, and the number of times a pitcher can throw over now. Okay, yes. Those are dramatic influences on the game. Most people yep. have, have centered on the pitch clock because now you're watching shorter games and that kind of thing, quicker games, better pace, yeah. better action, yeah. more action. But um, – you know, when they started announcing some of these things, the first thing that, that clicks into my mind is this is now going to be the possibility of eroding analytics or at least scouting players according to analytics, right? How much are they walking? How much are they hitting? on All these kinds of things. And look, anybody who says with the way the game is structured now, shift, base size, pitch clock, number of times you can throw over, number of times you can step off, all of these things where the run game has become all of a sudden far more important in baseball than it's been really since the uh, mid-'80s with the Cardinals teams yep. and guys that could run like you, Tracy Jones. Yep. Um, this now all of a sudden, you know, instead of that big lumbering dude you're, you were looking at, a first <coughs> baseman from down in Colleen, Texas, right? Now you might start looking at that cat – uh, down in Ocala, Florida, who uh, can run like the wind and put the bat on the ball. 
the Reds have the blueprint, right? This is a team that lost 100 games last year. So how did they do it? They did it by getting that guy on second base. They got it from a, a guy goes from first to third base on a base hit. I mean, that running game is so important. Uh, we, I do a show. I don't know if anybody ever listens to the show. Uh, I do a show, Jones and Brenneman on baseball. And we've done is it, it called while, Jones like and Brenneman on baseball? <laughs> it's really called it's really called Jones and Amanda Amanda Brenneman's husband on baseball. Marty hates that, by the way. But Marty and I would talk about how eventually someone's going to go back to the speed game. And Tom, you mentioned the Cardinals. The Cardinals had one hitter that could put the ball to the ballpark, and that was Jack Clark. But every single guy, and I mean every single guy, could run. And that's kind of like the Reds have now. And I think it's a, I think it's a good blueprint. And I think the general manager has, has done a great job. Scouting, player development, everything. But Tracy, you and I both know, uh, they are going against the grain yep. as far as being able to sustain this. I know they've had here this week a couple of guys that have given them decent starting pitching. But when you're still running Luke Weaver and Brandon Williamson, and some dude who was pitching uh, in independent league baseball in New right, Jersey right. Uh, a month and a half. God bless him. I mean, God bless him. Yeah. I'm, I'm really genuinely happy for the yeah. guy. But look, um, th that's got to change, Tracy. It's got to change. You know, Tom, you've brought this up the last couple of weeks, and you're exactly right. The problem is there's teams ha there hasn't been another team that has really gotten hot, have they? And you just sit there and you look at that pitching staff. And when you have an ERA of over five in the last few games, I mean, can you maintain and keep going? You just every game you're going to outscore. I think something that's important there is the Reds are only two games behind the, the Diamondbacks. And if they can overtake the Diamondbacks, they could get a first round bye. But they, they need some pitching. I don't know what you do. Do you trade one of those young guys? I'd be real careful on that. Ashcraft was very good his last two outings. And you brought up a point. Hunter Green, what happened with him? What's the, what's the problem with the hip? He's 23 years old. He's not 35. I mean, what's with – and Lodolo. I thought he was supposed to be back two weeks ago. And you said, well, let's, let's slow it down. I think there's more happening there. And you're exactly right. I don't know when they're going to get those two guys back. Well, I mean, apparently they're both out in Arizona. They're both throwing. To me, again – uh, people get all worked up and all excited about that nonsense. I, I pay zero attention to that nonsense because Nick Lodolo, I don't care what the hell he's done as far as exercises or whatever else is concerned. You know, and I know this, and I'm going to throw Hunter Green in that too because he's still not getting on a mound and pitching to batters and competing where guys are competing back, Okay. It's going to take those guys, in my opinion, and I, I hope I'm wrong. It could take, it will take both of those guys minimum three weeks at the minimum. If they went out on a rehab tomorrow, which they're not, it's going to take them at least three to four weeks to be back on the mound again. I'm betting money we don't see either one of them before August 5th. See, so you're telling me you have to get a pitcher, maybe two pitchers, right? I mean, if you're a general manager and you're a smart guy, you know baseball, and I flip-flop on this almost every other day, do you buy 
do you sell or do you hold if you're the general manager? And I'd really watch trading, you know, Marte. You know, of course, De La Cruz, untouchable. McLean, untouchable. But what would you do? I Look, uh, yeah, yeah, the guys on the big league club, I'm not going to touch. And that includes India. I know some people feel like they should make that move. But if you're truly going for it this year, if that's a decision that they make, I, I, I'm not. I'm not taking Jonathan Indy off this team for the last two and a half months of the team. Are you? No, and it goes back to something we talked about: the whole trading and getting Trevor Bauer. I mean, we threw that out one time, and now that I, I've heard them get a little bit of traction with the Trevor Bauer, I think that's a really good play. I know that will probably, you know, upset the chemistry. But, Tom, I think that's an option. I really do. I'm not just saying – a lot of things I just say to be saying. I really believe in that. I, I think he would be a great addition when he pitches, not in the locker room. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, it's something you have to think about. I'm sure that uh, uh, knowing the people that would be involved in making that decision down there, I strongly believe, knowing them and their personalities, that the <clears> – <throat> the majority of those that would be making that decision sitting in the room, it ultimately would land at the feet of Bob Castellini. Uh, but right. knowing uh, some of the others that are going to be in that room having that conversation, the overwhelming majority of them are going to vote no way on him, uh, would be my oh. guess. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, you were around... I think you were still around. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you had been traded by then uh, after you got hurt. Um, April and May, I think it was 87, might have been the two greatest months a Major League Baseball player has ever had. Eric Davis that year. You may remember. Yep. He hit like three grand slams in a month. Uh, he's a co on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, all these kinds of things. A an extraordinarily talented player. Incredible. I don't know if you saw the note. Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. The other day becomes, these are two different stats for you, and I'm not a big stats guy, yeah. but these are like overwhelming. He becomes the first player ever before the All-Star break with 20 or more homers, 40 or more stolen bases, 50 or more runs batted in. And he becomes the first player ever to have 13 straight games where he either steals a base or hits a home run. I don't know how much you've had a chance to watch him. Uh, if you have watched him, what are your thoughts on this guy? Boy, comparison to Eric Davis in that 87 year. I mean, to me, Eric Davis would have been a Hall of Famer if he hadn't gotten hurt a lot. I saw Eric Davis hit three home runs in a game against Philadelphia. Tom, I swear to God, it was cold as a son of a gun. He hits one out to left, center, and right. He was unbelievable. You talk about that 87 team, and you I know you people out there think this team is exciting. That 87 team was very, very exciting. You mentioned Eric Davis. We used to have, remember the fights with the Mets? Remember the yep. fights with the Braves? You know, yep. your dad got into it. He had to be uh, had to be sent to the commissioner's office. He and uh, uh, Joe Nuxall because Pete Rose got in a fight with Dave Pallone. There was right. a lot. Now, I'm serious. There was a lot to say about that 87 team. There was a lot of excitement. But that Acuna, I mean, I've never seen numbers like that. 
Not even Eric Davis had numbers like that. No, uh, I mean, he's on pace to go 40, 80 or something insane, 40, 90, right? Something like that. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Um, let, let me ask you this, Tom. Let me ask you this. Do you have a problem with, with seven Braves playing in the All-Star game? No, I don't I mean, at all. You don't at all? Do you? Do you have a problem with the – I have a problem with the fans voting. I, I I have a problem with that. Okay, the well, okay, vote, okay. I, then I ask you this question, okay? Because I, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to make a statement first and then ask you, okay, how you think they should do it, okay? Oftentimes, you get into let the players vote. That argument's been made, okay? Now, yeah. there's a chance you haven't seen a team over the first half of the season, okay? Like the Reds haven't played the Diamondbacks this year. I'm just picking that with two first-place teams, right? So, right. you know, I mean, it, it, that would make it a little tough. Okay. Players were given the chance that are in the Hall of Fame to put other players in the Hall of Fame. They went two years in a right. row, and they didn't vote anybody in. They're like a bunch of old men sitting around there, and you can't get into our club, right? Okay. Right. That's so then, there, then, then for years and years and years, the Gold Glove Award – was voted upon by managers in the league. And there was a season a number of years ago where Rafael Palmero was voted the gold glove winner at first base. He did not play 20 games the whole year at first base. He was a DH. So I don't know how much really, whether it's players, managers, coaches, how much they really pay attention except to their team or on a given night what team they're playing who should be voting if it's not the fans? boy that's I, I just know that the fans should not because they stuff the ballot box you talked about the golden glove gold glove award that's a great topic because i played with a guy one of my favorites i bring him up all the time buddy bell he made seven errors at third base and one was i think he made two opening day and terry pendleton had 28 errors and yet terry pendleton got gold glove not that yep. terry pendleton wasn't a good player but he was I think maybe a combination. Maybe it's announcers and managers. Uh, I just, I just don't like the the fans voting. It's just that's a problem. Not to say that the Braves don't have a lot of good players because they do. That organization is on top of things. I want to know who all their scouts are because they do a great job scouting. Well, they, they, there's no doubt they've done a great job, and they are the they, they, look. They're the gold standard. I mean, the Reds went toe to toe with them. They lost two out of three over that weekend series when they were here, but they were right there with them the whole week. And um, and you know, I, I mean, I look at these these I call them ballyhooed because in this day and age, I just don't think there are ten great pitchers, starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. I really don't. I don't think there's ten great starters. There was a time not too long ago where there were two or three great starters on right. uh, over half the teams. I, I mean, I looked right. at the Braves when they came in, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute now. These guys are their number one or their number two or their number – this guy is their number three guy? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And, and they t we talk about trading – well, what are you going to get? I mean, how many teams out there are willing to give up a top-notch pitcher, right? Because they feel they're in the hunt. I just don't – I don't know what's out there for pitchers. But you make another great point is there were so many good pitchers and so many top-notch – look at Verlander and Scherzer. I mean, what – you know, I know they've kind of bounced back a little bit, but they've struggled. I mean – Yep. 
the hitters, which is great. I mean, great seriously, Kershaw's having a great year. He is. Okay, and, but, but I mean, uh, you guys help me here before we let Tracy go. Tell me three legitimately what you would call great starting pitchers in the National League. Uh, Spencer Strider, whose ERA is has ballooned a little bit, is still on pace to strike out like 300 batters. Okay, well that used to happen every year for a handful of guys. But well, it doesn't ahead. happen anymore. Well, all if, right. If you're talking eras, then he's one of the best in this era, and he's a legitimate great starter. Um, you know, I'm a Cubs fan. Both Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman have a below 2.5 ERA. Marcus Stroman has been pitching to contact, which is kind of an old old way of styling because he has such a great defense behind him. Shane um, McClanahan's one. Shane McClanahan's fantastic yeah. this year. Yeah. He's, he's been pretty great. Framer Valdez was out for a little bit of time, but his ERA is down below 2-5. But Tom said National League, right? Oh, okay, yeah. If Tom's going National League. League. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. You Zach Gallen. Zach yeah, Gallen is Gallen. fantastic. Um, but you know um, what it tells Julio me, Julio Yaris, when he's pitching for the Dodgers, I know he's hurt right now, right. but he's great. He's been fantastic for years. Walker Bueller also hurt right now. but right. Yeah, but not a great starter. Not no, Mueller's. But you know what it tells you guys? It it, it tells you about the rule changes. You know, the pitch clock obviously has affected the pitchers because because they can't do much thinking. They got to get the ball and throw it. And I think that's affected the the pitchers. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine if I played back in 86, 87 and the pitchers like now facing those guys? Tom, instead of 37 hits in my first hundred at bats, I might get. 45 hits in my first time. I think there's a good chance. I think there's a good chance of that. But you still are the Reds' all-time record holder. I know. Let's not bring that up. I know you're always wanting to dwell on that. I mean, 37 hits is pretty good. I mean, McLean got close. Uh, Dela Cruz is an all-right player. I, I don't think he'll get to that 37 hits and 100 at-bats. But let's just give him time. Where is he as far as 100 at-bats? Is, is he anywhere close? I don't think so. Where is you know he? That he's got to be getting close. Matter of fact, I would bet he is at 100 at bats. He's been up for almost 30 Making games. Making me nervous. Now. Right? I think he has to be. I'm he's got to be close. Well, let's take a look. Let's we'll we'll, we'll wait on yeah. our uh, he's stack guys. 110 he's at bats. Yeah, baby. And how many hits? 35. There you go, Tracer. He's no Tracy hey, Jones. Here's what I'm saying. Guys, this record will live forever. And I'm not saying I could have been a better hitter than Votto or Pete Rose or Griffey or some of these other guys that played for the Reds. But, you know, Tom, don't, let's not bring it up again because it's getting a real tired topic and I don't want to talk about it and answer that phone, will you please? That's probably but, mine but, that yeah. I'll have to cross the room charging. <laughs> Somebody that uh, is asking for money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tracer, uh, we'll let you go. Look, uh, many great options out there in, uh, in Southern California. I can promise you the sun is shining in Vegas. It's always shining in Vegas. Always in the desert. And you know, in California, a little overrated. You, you get that, it's gray skies a lot. Not like it is in Arizona or in Vegas, places like that where you get the blue sky. Or even Florida. But I'll find something to do. Don't worry about me, guys. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I won't be bored. Casey, would you like to say goodbye to Mr. Jones? Tracy Jones, have fun. Have fun, Tracy. And it's it's nice to know that you're not you're against the the fans voting. I would say that you're against democracy. So it's nice nice talking with you, Tracy. Oh no, he's all about democracy. It's all those meeting yeah. with uh, you know the uh, social media groups behind closed doors. 
They're the ones against. Yeah, let, let's slow it down on the political yeah. talk. I got in trouble from your dad the other day because I started talking about Swifty and her political views. Being I, I got to tell you uh, one final thing about my dad. And I mean, my wife said this to me. We were in Annapolis, Maryland last week, all staying in this Oh, house. I heard it was great. It, it yeah. was unbelievable for uh, my niece going into the Naval Academy. And look, Big deal. You know, you got my sister's uh, boys who are in their uh, 20s. You've got, uh, you know, my son who's 18. You've got my daughter who's uh, getting ready to be 20. You've got some, you know, you got adults around there, whole nine yards. Uh, you got people who want to stay up late at night, kind of hang out. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, Hall of Famer never shut it down, man. He just kept going. He's an incredible. He's he incredible. Just kept going. He's amazing. He's as sharp as when I started with him 25 years ago. I hope I'm half as sharp as Marty. The only thing that I think Marty is, I have a little bit of a problem, like in Annapolis. How was it when he brought that portable table and chair and then started signing autographs there in Annapolis? We well, pick up a couple a little, extra bucks. A, did you have a problem away, with that? Uh, it did take away attention from the people who should have been being uh, recognized, you know? Right. It took a little attention away. It's kind of like Pete showing yeah, it's up always at the about Baseball Marty. Hall of Fame weekend. You know what I mean? Take some attention away. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. All right. What are you gonna do? Have a great uh, rest of your day and a great weekend, whatever it is you decide to do there in Southern California. All right, boys. I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Okay, buddy. Tracy Jones. Tracy Jones. Tom, we have some big news in the chat via Surboy. Breaking. Breaking news. The Reds have activated Tony Santion from the 60-day IL. That's a big boost to the bullpen. But they have DFA'd a local legend, the... The one save and one appearance, Ricky Karcher, has been DFA'd. Tom, what was your favorite memory from the Ricky, Ricky Karcher era? I, the, that, the whole inning was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> sad, Am I right or wrong? Sad, <laughs> I mean, that is it. That is in if the red. The, listen, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I mentioned Robert Ellis yesterday. I think that guy won nine or ten games from the Diamondbacks yeah. that season in 01 when they won the World mm -hmm. Series. This guy, he wasn't Brett Kennedy, but he wasn't far off. Okay? The Karcher inning. Those are the kinds of things that happen when you win a division championship. You remember stuff and you're like, oh, my God, can you believe that that happened? Oh, my God, can you believe that that happened? How about Ellie De La Cruz? You're checking his bat. Next time he comes up, he hits one 500 miles. That's the stuff that happens when you're in a championship season. And uh, hopefully we see that young man back because he was awesome in the postgame interview, he too. Was, he was fantastic. He was. All right, uh, we, we've run overboard here. What, do we have a uh, cherry on top? That, that is the cherry on top. That is. Okay. All right. And All Brett right. Kennedy sent down to AAA. Brett would have liked to see him get at least oh, one more out. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's headed back. Well, down. who's taking his spot in the rotation? I believe it'll be San. I, I think Fat Tony, my guy. Or ben what did you call him? Fat Tony. Ben he's Lively. Might be I, back I call as him well. Fat Tony. He's my guy. That's my guy. Ben Fat Lively, Tony. right? He's coming back. Yeah, he's right. supposed very to be nice, Elliot. That is nice. Positivity. I, I'm, 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 that's my guy. So our, before he throws another pitch, I want to know from you, Elliot, because you know you you seem to go a little hot and cold on guys. Uh, Jabot, you, you've been pretty consistent. Um, <laughs> are you a Santion guy? I am. Yay or nay? Yay. So if he blows up first time out against Milwaukee <laughs> over the weekend, right, he's still your guy. Well, 
I'll give him one blow up. He gets one. Unless it's if it's the ninth, if it if it's like game three and, and it's split, the series is tied one one. And then he blows it. Then I'm out. Then I might be out. We don't know. But Tony had some big games when he was called up. I think in 21, right when our bullpen was depleted and they just needed a guy yes, to he come did. up. So he came I'm up. I'm heavy on Tony Santion. I'm a big Tony Santion. He's a big guy. Tony Santion wow. guy. So okay, all right. You this se- Tom, this season does feel like the Moneyball season yeah. a little bit. Have you ever? Uh, uh, you you're featured in the Moneyball. Yeah. The Moneyball movie. Yeah. I hate that movie. You still get royalties from that? Do you get royalties from that? I got Moneyball? no royalties from that. That was proper. That's when you hear that thing all the time, say, you know, when they say the disclaimer. Yeah. This copyrighted broadcast is presented by the Cincinnati. Right? Yeah. Right? Yep. That, that broadcast belonged to Major League Baseball the second I uttered all those playoff games with the Oakland A's. Wooden bunt. Wooden bunt. Wooden bunt. Couldn't move a runner over. They should have beaten the Yankees three in a row in the division series. Got beat every year, first round. One year they got to the LCS and got blistered by Detroit. I hate that movie, Tom, because they act like that athletics team was just the scum, like the worst team ever yeah, right. before they bring in Scott Hatterberg. Right. And it's like that team had <laughs> Barry Zito, who won the Cy Young, yeah. Miguel Tejada, who won the Most Valuable Player Award that yeah. year, Mark Mulder. Jason Giambi. Jason, well, Giambi was gone. Giambi was was gone, okay. That was the part of the thing. But, like, this team Uh, was great. What's his name? Uh, They had the other guy, Mark Mulder, was in the rotation. Mark Mulder. Tim Tim Hudson was coming up. Eric Chavez at third base was fan. I mean, they won 100 games the previous two seasons. Jermaine They had all (laughs) those guys. They were great. And they act like this team was, like, Literally, the the movie, they act like it was the Major League Cleveland Indians. That's like, right. there's a bunch of nobodies coming out of nowhere. They had the player that won the Cy Young and the MVP on the team. Yeah. And they're never mentioned one time in the movie. No. 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 Well, it's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. You I know? get it. I that's get right. It. They wanna... It's a great movie. The that's point right. is, it's a magical run the Reds are on right now. That's, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> they won 100 right. games the two seasons before that. Yeah. This is, the, the, I'm telling you, the, and it may fall apart at the seams. And it's going to fall apart at the seams if the starting pitching doesn't get better. You can fool yourselves into believing whatever you want. The starting pitching doesn't get better. It's going to fall apart. But right now, it is an unbelievable story. I would argue, you know, you look at the Marlins, you look at the Reds, and you look at the Diamondbacks. They're the three biggest stories, without a doubt, in baseball, right? So, um, all right. Case, thank you very much. Reed, thanks. Elliot, Jacob, thank you. Tomorrow, Bill Schroeder will join us, longtime TV analyst from the Milwaukee Brewers to preview the series. Uh, That and so much more. We didn't get to the Corey Dillon stuff today. We're going to get to that tomorrow. I'd love to get that dude on this show. Have him go off like he did with Paul Diener Jr. Be great. Be be awesome. Be Guys, I was a player. All right. Uh, Reds play at 1 o'clock. Enjoy the game. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.